Hello, everybody. My name's Bert Kreiser, and this is the BertCast. Brand new podcast. Brand new podcast. Brand new desk. Brand new set. And I got to be honest with you, I fucking love it. I hope you enjoy it as much. I feel like today's pod. Oh, my God. I got tour dates. The Birdie Boy Relapse Tour picks up again September 2nd in Brandon, Mississippi. Then on to Atlantic City. Then the next week, I think we're in Red Rocks. Uh... September 13th, and it just goes on. I have announced, and I think they are all sold out. However, there may be tickets available for the late Thursday show. I am shooting my Netflix special in Omaha, November 17th and 18th. Four shows. Come out. Get your tickets. It's going to be a fucking blast. I'm doing spots every weekend at the store, every week at the store on Wednesdays in the belly room, 8 o'clock. So come out to that. That's all I have to promote. New set. I fucking love it. Halston. Notes. I would be interested what you think. I will tell you right now. I'm going to be very candid. The uh, the shotgun shot of down the barrel, not my most flattering. We're going to use as little of those as possible. And if you screen grab it and post it on Instagram, you're a cunt. Now, uh, today's podcast is with Fahim Anwar. We, I've had Fahim on before. He's a fantastic comic. He's fucking absolutely brilliant. And he's got a new special streaming right now on YouTube called the hat trick it is when you do i did the hat trick last night it's when you do the belly room the or and the main room and he recorded himself doing it he shot it himself he directed it himself he is fucking awesome he is one we talk we talk a little bit about his dad uh we talk about names we talk about how uh afghan names are derived how a lot of people have the same first name i don't know that's why it's not interesting at all i don't know why i'm telling you what we that part we talk about goat face we talk about sketches we talk a lot about me i this i love this table i love this table yeah this episode was pretty inside baseball it was really inside inside baseball baseball. Mm -hmm. and so i hope you guys enjoy it without further ado make sure to check out his new special sign up for his instagram uh at fahim anwar uh sign up for his instagram log on to it click it follow on instagram Follow him. Follow him on Instagram at Fahim Anwar. Uh, check out his new YouTube special, Hat Trick, and give him some love, ladies, without further ado. Ladies, I am oh. fucking out of it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Fahim Anwar. This is I'm I'm changing the whole vibe of this podcast. I'm going for more of a Rogan thing. Yeah. What do you hate about transgenders? <laughs> Whoa! Out <laughs> the gates. Let me give me some time before I get canceled. I like let me ramp up to it. Hey, shut that door, would you, Andrew? Oh, this is a fucking shit show in here. Are you recording, Halston? Good. Is there a way to turn me down in the headphones a little bit? Yeah, we should be able to do that ourselves. Yeah. Just go like this. I'm like podcast Jay-Z. Just, can, can we turn me down on the headphones a little bit? Can we get me down on the headsets? Yeah. Let's get the treble up. I'm trying to. We had chairs. We've we've done chairs and uh, like these lounge chairs for a long time. Yeah. And it was just too relaxed. I felt like, I felt like, can I tell you, I felt like I was never yeah. funny on it. Uh, you know, being that relaxed isn't conducive to stand up. You ever do like one of those Jay Davis shows or like it's at a nightclub or something and they're just in a sofa? Did you just say Jay Davis? Yeah. I haven't heard Jay Davis's name. What in twenty fucking? Well, you're years. doing fucking baseball I fields and no, shit. Jay Davis, yes. Dane Cooks, Jay Davis. Yes, I haven't. He's fucking, running I shows. I haven't thought about him. In, I, I haven't. 
God damn it, Jay Davis. Man, that's how Jay Davis has a great head of hair. See, he's still have a great oh head God. of hair. Oh, yes, always. He's such a cool it's dude. Luxurious. I haven't thought about him. That you said that name, and it was almost like I was someone someone went to high school with. He was he was when I moved to LA, he was the dude. The guy. The guy. Like there were a few guys when I moved to LA that were like hardcore the guy. And I remember wanting to be the guy so bad. Well, I would just, you know, I caught Jay at a different timeline in his life as well. Because I, yeah. I would always hear about Dublin's and you would see the glint in Dude. like comics eyes when they talk about Dublin's. Yeah, like they no. go to another place. It was a different world. But that, like Cameron Diaz would be there. Britney Spears would be there. Justin Timberlake. It was like the spot. Dude, it was, it was. See, things were different. No, not that no one cares about fame anymore, but I really think that when podcasting showed up, we realized there was a way to make money without being famous or at least being to be successful without being like legit famous. But when we moved out here, the goal was fame. They like, don't, there's nothing twisted. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I might joke about Joe all the time, but like legit, you know, Joe's on a path to be famous. Like he was in sitcoms and in fear factor. And then, and then Joe's really like pushed back from fame. Mm -hmm. He wants to be less famous, but that was the goal. Everyone and the people celebrated fame. Dude, people think about the way the world is. I was so funny. I was thinking about this when, when, this morning when I was working out. There's a, a humility now that is that resides in Hollywood that never was here when I showed up. Like the, Cribs was a big show. Oh yeah, that was a flex yeah. to check out how I live. Mm -hmm. My cars, check out what's in my fridge. All this check crystal, out what's in my fridge. Just like pure crystal. All the wrappers, like no food. Like I don't eat. I just drink crystal. Crystal and water. And <laughs> you know I, they did one. They did one for uh, God was it three? We talked about it on open tabs once for three six mafia or someone. And you could tell. They rented the house, yeah. and it was just it was a rented house. There's a family in there. Like, are you guys going to be wrapping it up or three, three six? Are you done? <laughs> they, they were like, you know, we'd be watching all the movies. What about Bob? <laughs> it was such a fucking. Like that's their favorite. Yeah, that, is, like, that is a good movie. Though they were like Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> They're a big Richard Dreyfus fan, but I it's mean. so crazy. It's so. It's odd that I picked those two movies. <laughs> yeah. I went to Mr. Holland's Opus with a, on a date, and I brought a 12-pack of beer. And I'm thinking that I was burning a backpack. I thought I was smart as shit. I, was, I didn't realize it's not a, like a beer-drinking movie. Oh, of course. It's, like Sometimes uh, I was so dumb in high school. I think I was in junior year, and I took this girl out on a date. And I, you don't know what to do on dates when you're younger. You go, oh, go to a movie. You don't know what needs to be a certain type of movie. Yeah. I took her to go see The Pianist <laughs> with Adrian Brody, the Holocaust movie. <laughs> I'm like, I've heard good things about this movie. And we're just, we both come out of it and we're just like shell shocked. Kind of like we saw in the movie, there's a guy in a wheelchair. He gets tossed off a balcony. That doesn't really spark things. My, 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 my buddy took, took a date. It's amazing how a movie will speak to you. My buddy took a date. My buddy took a date to see my girl. It just hit him wrong. Remember the one with the... I, I hear about it. What is that movie again? My like, girl, the boy dies because he gets stung by bees. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I guess my buddy was allergic to bees and it really connected with him. And he was He's on crying. a date and he was sobbing, crying. When I saw... So I saw the... Uh, when fifth grade, I went to... Um, I was... I was... I went to tennis camp, right? Fifth grade. Roughly fifth grade. I'm, I'm guessing it's fifth grade. I go to tennis camp. My very first day, I don't know anybody... Uh, like I'm, I'm nervous, and I meet the cool kids. Like the cool kids, I remember being impressed that the coolest kid there was this guy named Jay, and he was younger than I was. 
And I was like, I feel like you'd be older than me. And he goes, yeah, people say that about me a lot. That's, that, how that's cool. the coolest thing to say. Yeah. He was, I remember people we say that a lot. I ordered, we were, I, I paid for cheeseburgers for everyone. Cause I was like, cause my dad had gotten me a, an account at the snack bar. And he's like, you got buddy, you got 20 bucks. And they were like, we're like, we're going to get cheeseburgers. And they're like, we'll split one. I go, Dude, I'll, I'll just cover them. And they were like, you can cover them. I go, I got an account here. And they're like, really? And in my head, I'm like, please don't be more than $20. Please don't be more than $20. And it was like five bucks for four cheeseburgers. So I get all the cheeseburgers. And then they're like, end up tennis camp. I did this thing. We were doing this thing where you hit. And I did this thing where I, I don't know how I, I still to this day don't know how I did it. I, I ran, but I dragged my feet like this as I ran. Mm. And it looked really cool. I don't know how I did it. And they were like, they were like, that's He's so moonwalking they said, while they, playing tennis. They go, can you break dance? And I go, oh yeah, I can break dance. I couldn't really break dance, but I, was, but I did that thing. They're like, hey man, you should come out with us today. And I was like, what are you going to do? And they're like, we're going to see Karate Kid. What, find out what year Karate Kid, the movie came out, because that's the year it was. <laughs> you know, you sound like a cliche of the era, the way you're talking about this. Like I was dragging my feet in this cool way. And they were like, do you break dance? And I was like, yeah, I break dance. And they go, cool, we're going to go see Karate Kid. <laughs> It's almost like an alien just caught all the biggest hits of the 80s, these buzzwords, <laughs> and tried, like an AI just created an 80s word generator. Karate Kid, it was 1984, so I was 12 years old. So yeah, probably fifth grade, fourth grade. So uh, so my, they, I'm like, all right, we'll meet you at Mission Bell, as where our movie theater was. So we get done tennis camp, I wait for my mom. My mom's late as fuck, always. My mom's always late as fuck. She... Picks me up. I'm like, hey, I got to go to see Karate Kid at like three, four o'clock this afternoon. She's like, oh, we got plenty of time. We go home. She gets on a phone call. We're late as fuck. We're like 15 minutes late to the movie. I show up. They're already in the movie. I buy my ticket by myself. They're already in the movie. They didn't wait for me. I go in. The movie's already started. They're, Daniel and his mom are already driving to fucking Pasadena or Encino, wherever it's Tarzana. Yeah. I can't find them. I'm walking around the movie theater. I can't find them. And so I just sit down by myself and watch Karate Kid. And for some reason, that movie connected with me. It's about it's a story yeah. about a guy who's brand new, doesn't know anyone, is making friends. And I'm like, this is me at tennis That's camp. your my girl. This is, yeah, this is me at tennis camp. I'm so, I've never, in my life, I'd never seen a movie by myself before. That's the first movie. That, and the next one I ever saw by myself was Titanic. That's how long. I don't like going places by myself. I do. I hate it. Even, I, even now? Oh, I don't do anything by myself. But as a stand-up, I mean, you're like so big right now, but wasn't there this intermediate in, intermediate step where you would do the road, but you oh, you couldn't yeah. bring someone? No, yeah, yeah, So you yeah, got to yeah, kill yeah. time? Like, I'll go to a movie by myself. You have to do a ton of stuff by yourself. Uh, put a pin in that. We'll get back to that sure. as soon as I tell you what happened to Karate Please, kids. please. I <laughs> <laughs> was going to have a follow-up, so I'm, I'm glad you, yes. So, Because that's a really interesting question. So, end of the movie... Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg. I'm so involved in this movie that I'm I forget that I'm alone. I forget that I was supposed to meet people there. I am Daniel LaRusso. I am that kid. So when he goes into the crime, I mean, it's the perfect and you know, to talk about stories, I, I'm obsessed with storytelling. But I, I didn't when he goes up to the crane, I'm getting chill bumps thinking about it. I go, oh my God, it's the crane. The thing he was fucking, oh, my God. And when he kicks him and and Billy Zebko's, whatever his name is, head goes back and he falls and she runs out and grabs him, I am sobbing, crying. I am, like, uncontrollably sobbing, crying. I don't even know my surroundings. I'm crying so fucking hard I'm making noises. Everyone's looking at you? Everyone's looking at me. House lights turn on. The four dudes, five dudes that I met at tennis camp 
are sitting in the row in front of me. They're in like the row in front of me, five over, and they're mocking the guy crying. They see it's me, and they turn around and they go, you are fucking hilarious. You you came here and sat behind us and pretended to cry to make us laugh. The whole movie. That is the biggest payoff. This guy is the funniest guy in the world. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... (laughs) A bit that I've been planning for a while. Yeah. I'm glad you guys liked it. You can stop. You can break character. Yeah, no, I want to keep the bit going. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys like the movie? I, I got to go to the bathroom, but I'll meet up with you guys after. You want to break dance after this? <laughs> Did you guys ever get to the break dancing? Yeah, I got a break dance fight during that time. What? I got into a break dance fight. How did how did I break- that happen? Over what? Uh, dude said he could break dance better than me. That's how it always starts, man. And uh. His name is Daniel, oddly enough. Whoa. Jewish kid. Okay. And uh, I got into two breakdance fights in my life. And both times, I breakdanced out of my shoes. <laughs> I swear to God. You're like a myth. You're like fucking Chuck Norris or something, dude. I broke dance I bro- out of my shoes and ended up dancing in my socks and then cutting my feet up because I was so into it. <clears throat> both times. And I lost both times. And I but love, I love but they, they only, just for so we're very clear. Yeah. We had judges. One one breakdance fight happened at school, and it was since this kid Daniel, Daniel, I think, and Deborah, uh, Deborah Crystal voted for him. Now, granted, she was Jewish, also they both went to temple together. Deborah Crystal voted for him because she thought he was going to cry because he. And I was like, "That's no, there's no reason." I was in fourth grade. I go, there's no reason to vote for a guy in a breakdance fight. It's dancing. Yeah, that goes against everything about breakdancing. Like, well, I thought this b-boy was going to cry, so I had to give it to him. I, I would call. I'm, I'm going to have to get Deb, Deborah Crystal on the phone. Just to do a I, recount? I've run, I've run into her. I've run into all those girls. Isn't that crazy? I'm still friends with a lot That's of the girls cool. I went to fourth grade with. You guys still do breakdancing every year just as, like, at the reunion? or No, they know me. They know the most vulnerable side of me. The side that like. The karate kid side? They know so much about me because they've seen me be every version of who I wanted to be and pretended to be mm. that I still like Nell Rudolph. I see Nell Rudolph once a year. Uh, Jennifer Stevens uh, didn't come until like eighth grade. Deborah Crystal, Nikki Powers. Uh, I There's more. I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm, I know all That's these That's awesome, yeah. man. That's so rare that you keep in touch with that many people from your childhood like that. I keep in touch with a lot of people from my childhood. Oddly enough, like Brian Callahan was my first friend. Pat Fagan I grew up with. Um, but it's Tampa. I think Tampa's a little uh. different. Where did you grow up? You, you told me this. Yes, yeah, Seattle. I'm a Seattle guy. Oh, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why? You know, I get that sometimes. People think I'm from New York or something. Yeah. I'm like, nah. But one time someone was like, oh, then Seattle. I go, that's fucking weird. You you guess New York? And I go, no. And they go, Seattle. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. So so you talked about traveling alone. Yeah. So when you, t- what, walk me through like a typical road weekend for you. <sighs> well, it's... It's becoming different. I'm at a point in my career now where the deals are a little better on the weekend and I can bring support. I can bring a friend or something. Okay. So Start, wait, starting to a little bit now. That's, that's the best. When you can start bringing. And okay. by the way, I didn't do that for a long time because uh-huh. I, I wanted to. I believe this is the dumbest thing I've ever thought in my life. I believed you. You, <clears throat> you have to foster local comedy scenes. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be like, no, man, I'm going to. I want the local guy in Dayton to um, to get, be able to get spots. Like the, uh, Jay Schneider, I st- I'm still friends with that guy. I haven't talked to him in a little while. I think he went to jail. But uh, but he was funny as shit. Yeah. And so I believed in that. 
And then and then you start running into enough cunts, like real cunts, where you're like, fuck Richmond's comedy scene. I don't want to be a part of it. And I don't want to talk to anyone that does comedy here. They're all fighting with each other. And their fight is turning into fights over who gets to work on my weekend. And it's fucking with my weekend. And I'm like, I didn't come here to fight with local comics mm-hmm. at all. And so then I started bringing people. Rogan was the one who told me, he goes, you need to bring people because uh, it's it'll make the weekend fun. And man, it makes the weekend Totally. Fun. I think it's twofold. I think it's it makes you have a buddy there and you get to hang out. And it's not like just, you know, looking at drywall or, you know, paint dry. Because I remember I was doing uh, LOL one time and I'm in San Antonio and they put us in a hotel like next to the freeway. There's literally nothing to do. So I, know I would I, I would wake up, I would cross eight lanes of traffic and just chill at Cracker Barrel. You have to walk. For, you have to walk all the way down to. Yeah, you have to end. almost die. You yeah. have to almost die just to get uh, Cracker Barrel. But I, I mean, I ended up loving Cracker Barrel. Like I you'll get so much fucking Barrel. food, and they're like, okay, and the bill's four dollars, dude. And I go, you can live like this, and then you can get you go into the shop of Cracker Barrel. Oh my god! And you get. I, by <laughs> yeah. the way, the best part of Cracker Barrel is getting in there and playing that genius game. Yeah, of, dude. Of, <laughs> it's a punchline, but it's it's a wonderful place. Like yeah. people will shit on Cheesecake Factory. I love Cheesecake Factory. You know? Do you know what really bothered me is the? Did you remember when they tried to cancel Cracker Barrel? And they're like, uh, they're like, you know what a Cracker Barrel is, right? And they're like, Cracker Barrel is where they kept all the whips to beat the slaves. And everyone's like, cancel Cracker Barrel. And Cracker Barrel was like, Cracker Barrel was like, I don't know if that's why we picked that name, but, but we definitely don't believe in that. We don't want that. And then, then someone went, I made that up. That's and a, everyone's like, still cancel them. This is white people. Fuck them. Yeah, they don't do the retractions. What if they had that barrel in the gift shop? We'll go, it's part of our history. We can't ignore it. Cracking it's like, yeah, it's like five for a dollar. I'll have this candy. I'll have this lollipop, and yeah, I'll do these whips. Um, so, have whips have such a bad. There's no, have whips ever been used for good? We should flip it. Just be like like whips of love for like some charity or something. We're trying to we're trying to give whips a facelift. They've had a bad rap. So, so I mean, that was my you know career for a bit. And then what's nice when that you was get mine. To, by the way, for, that was mine every, for a very long yes, time. Everybody's that was like mine. That. That was mine from when the girls were born until like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's a slog, you know. But then when you get to bring someone, it's it's helpful twofold because you you get to hang out with somebody and it's fun. The weekend's not torturous until the yeah. shows. And then also it makes a better show because oh, yeah. there's a through line. They're, they're your friend and it's also a similar type of comedy. You kind of know what goes well before you. Whereas when you go into a, a city, I like when somebody, you give a local person a shot or whatever and that's nice they had that stage time. But sometimes your styles are so incongruent yeah. that it causes a whiplash. Like <laughs> and, it's not the best show for the audience. And make it. And and there was. I mean, I ran into the problem. I ran into the. Did a set of golf clubs move? Oh yeah. Okay. I ran into the problem. I ran into the problem. Was I, so the way it used to run is um, people would locally own an improv. Right. Uh, this may be too inside baseball, but I know you like inside baseball. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so. You could own a local improv. You could book whoever you want, but you had to pay a nut to Bud Freeman at the end of the month. And if you didn't make that nut, there was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Now, Bud would overlook that nut if 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 he could send his talent because then he would feel like it was his fault that you didn't make your nut. Mm. So if he sent Burke Kreischer, which he did, shout out to Bud Freeman, fucking, fucking love that family. Yeah. He would say, I mean, shout out to Aaron. Aaron really kind of did it. I don't think Bud was like, Bert's my guy, but <laughs> but shout out to Aaron really. But but uh so if they sent Bert and Bert didn't cover Bert didn't have a good weekend, you could then go look at Bud in the improv and go, 
hey man, you sent Bert and Bert didn't pay off. And they'd be like, I understand. Don't worry about it. You're shy on the nut. Well, we're we're good for the month. Mm. So that's so they would send me. I I was one of those guys. Um, I think Ian Bag was one of those guys. There was a bunch of Segura was one of those guys where the clubs didn't ne- necessarily want us, but Hollywood liked us. And we did well at, at Brea, Irvine, and whatchamacallit. So they sent us out. So then I'd go to Tampa, and then they would book their – the club didn't want me. Uh-huh. They would be like, we don't want Burt Kreischer, but we're taking him to the to appease Hollywood. And then they would put their murderers on before me to try to bury me, and that fucking sucked. Happened to Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli got fucked in the ass because of that. But then it makes you beasts, you know what I mean? No, sometimes like, you just bomb. Sure, sure, <laughs> sometimes sure. Sometimes you no, just that... eat a fucking dick Yes, because the guy does 35 minutes <laughs> and does a merch pitch halfway through and crushes with local shit. Who's been on Heinz Avenue lately? What's up with that new McDonald's, huh? And everyone's like, what the fuck? They're like, what's Heinz? And everyone's like, oh. oh I grew, I grew, well, so luckily, I grew up in Tampa too, so I'd be like, I'd be like, what about Nebraska Avenue, huh? And they'd be like, oh, he knows Nebraska. Armenia, huh? Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, you eat shit for a while, but then you build up the callus and you know what to do. You face so many different scenarios so that you turn into a better comedian. But I eating got, shit is part of it. I got so good. I mean, I'm, I'm being like, <clears throat> I don't think I'm that good of a comedian anymore. I mean, I think I'm pretty competent, but like I, there was a time where I was so destructive, so quick, so smart, so fast on stage from that, from following straight up animals. Like they bring in, the people I followed are people that like I to this day with dialed in acts where it was like you go hey do do fifteen and they go cool I'll just skinny this up and I remember following Billy Gardell do you have you do you know Billy Gardell uh, you know what's crazy I had this writing job on the Warner Brothers a lot and I would walk by because he's so big now you know just like yeah. famous and shit he's he has this huge trailer on on Warner Brothers yeah and I would just see him out there sitting on the steps of his trailer. Um, just like smoking and he might not smoke anymore, but he was just like waved to us as we walk into the into the studio. Yeah. That guy just prints money, man. He, like he's CBS's golden goose. He is uh he is an first of all an awesome dude, but a monster. I keep I hear he's an awesome dude too. He's an awesome everybody. dude, but a monster on stage. <clears throat> but you get you those that's what sucks is you do these you're following sometimes following like shit people, shit, real shit people yeah. who are like, I I should be headlining, I'm gonna bury you. And then sometimes you you follow shit people that you become friends with. There's a guy uh, Roy Johnson who I became friends with. He's the guy. He 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 was a monster on stage, and he was local. He'd come into Tampa. He lived in Tampa. He's one of the guys I had to follow, and we didn't get along at first. And then, and then we started to get along. And he and and I was like, oh, he's a cool dude. I ran into him. He lives out in Oklahoma now. Last show I did, he came out. We hung out. Him and his chick. He's a great dude. But you you had to in a weird way. You had to like befriend. You'd have to kind of figure a workaround. And mm-hmm. it was a really interesting part of the business. But traveling alone, mm-hmm. I got to be, I became very difficult because I, tra- I was alone so much traveling that I could not be around other people to travel. And to this day, I have a hard time traveling with my family. I walk through an airport at a pace as a comic, yeah. a comics pace. I, I just let me get there. Yeah, right? get yeah. there. I don't want to, let's get there. And then I'll get, and then <clears throat> I'm very selfish about, like I have, a, I have rituals at an airport. Like what? It, uh, like I, I, I don't dick around. Uh, I get I go early. I go two hours early. I and things have changed a little bit because I, I fly a little differently now. But I get two hours early. I want to be there two. I want to be there two hours early. I go through clear is is my thing. I have TSA pre. It, why is clear better? You don't need to bring your license when you travel. I mean, is that such? Do you never bring your license? No, but if you ever lose your license, you don't have to worry about it. 
Are you losing your license all the time? A lot. How? <laughs> Lose my I don't life. get it. Like, my brother will be going somewhere. He's like, you have your license? I never not have my license on me. Are you serious? Yeah. It's in my wallet. What? Like, who takes their license out and puts it on their I'll, nightstand and then goes out? This is how it works, okay? I'll tell you why. This is So we'll use this manscaped. As an example. Uh, as an example, okay? So the scissors are my license. So ask for my license. Yeah. Can I have your license, please? Okay. I'm, I'm going to need to take it out, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, you want me to take it out? No, no, that's what they say. Can you take it out of oh, there? Oh, can you take it out, please? There, That's where we're fucked. I go, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And then I give that to you. I close that. I and I go, you're so young. I go, what's your what's your sign? Scorpio. Actually, I, can I tell you what I do in college? They used <laughs> yeah. to say, do we go, what's your sign? I go, I don't believe in that shit. They go, <laughs> well, this guy's cool. They're like, you don't know, you don't do you, believe in it? Do you, do you know how to break dance? <laughs> and you go, do so I? License is in the hand, goes into this pocket. Now why? Got, hold on. Now we got hold a on. loose license. Hold on. That's where your method is flawed. Why wouldn't you just put it back into the receptacle? That's not how my brain works. It's just as much work to slide it into your loose pocket than to put it back it's into not, the wallet. That's not how my brain works. My brain works. Just I just I did it with my credit card last night. I just put it in my pocket and then I go. I literally said, "This is how we lose credit cards." I've lost. If my if my assistant Peter's in here. He, I don't even have a credit card anymore. I don't even have a credit card. I'm, I don't even have a credit card. All my, I've lost all my credit cards. They're everywhere. This is fascinating. I have just I the have, way you operate. I have make my skin crawl. I couldn't imagine giving someone a card and not putting it back in my wallet. Oh, I mean, I mean, I wish I had more examples of how bad I am. I don't know where my wallet is right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know. My phone, I know where my phone is. I keep that around me more often. But that's the beauty about Clear is I, there's many a time where I get to the airport and I go, do I, do I lost my joke book at the store last week? You don't do it in your phone? You do no, old school? I do old school. I do. Uh, I, I, I'm, I lost my calendar at the store. I lose everything. I lose everything. Uh, maybe that's part of your process, man, just to be that aloof. And, and you're not anal about I'm not holding anal. on to things. You're just very go with the flow. Things on a whim. Yeah, I like to. I like to be... I was saying to my wife the other day, I don't like, I don't like rules. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if I have something that I have to do, it stresses me out. Like, um, like that's why I don't audition. I don't audition because I'm not that good at it. But, uh, like, I would, I would get, it would fuck up my day. Like, if I know that I've got to Bro, learn. I know what you mean. Totally. I yeah. remember I would be in auditions. I feel like we have to do it less now that uh, we can be more niche with podcasting and stand up. Yeah. Back in the day, that wasn't enough. You had to play. You had to be an actor to be a stand-up, right? You had yeah. to. You had to get the sitcom. So, like, like Rogan has gone through all the phases of Hollywood of what you had to do. Like, he got on news radio. He did uh, Fear Factor, and then the podcast is enough now. So he went through all the iterations of Hollywood and shit. Yeah. So back in the day, we'd have to audition for all this stuff because that was just the game. And I remember I would just be sitting in the waiting room with all these other people who look like you, you know. Yeah. And then. You know, you have this internal butterflies and energy, just like you got to go in and audition. It's like being shot out of a cannon. I just hate, I hated that feeling, just that tap dancing feeling or whatever. And then, especially because it's, it's like you adjacent Stand up is where I'm a duck in water. And that's what I love to do. Yeah. And acting sometimes it'll hit, sometimes it won't, but just that, okay, do I know the lines? Can I be calm enough when I'm in there? I just want to be able to know that I did it the way I did it at home. Because sometimes the nerves and then it just changes into a different performance. But I just hated that feeling. And then I remember one day I saw Sparkwitz guy come in with a water jug and just like change the jug and load him up. And I was envious of that dude. Just like, oh my God, 
he's probably so comfortable right now. He probably has like zero nerves and just like, I kind of wish I was that guy right now in terms of emotional stability. That's a brilliant statement. I wonder how many of us have felt that way. You know how jealous I've been of people who don't go to bed with their job on their mind. Mm. Like don't wake up thinking about, I can't shut off stand up. I can't shut it off at all. Like I obsess about it and I obsess about, and now I obsess about other parts. Like back in the day, I just obsessed about jokes. Now I can obsess about uh, podcast numbers or am I, am I leaving stuff on the table? Like do, how come I'm not getting email addresses? Like, mm. like, uh, like I got a new web guy and he was talking to me about email addresses and he was like, you know, I'm not to give too much out, but he was like, you know, he also does Tom's. And he goes, you know, Tom's really good about getting email addresses. And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, you know, it's great too because, and he starts telling me, you know, how Tom's, and I was like, fuck, man. And then all of a sudden, like, I'm up going, why have I, I, I stopped caring about email addresses. I just stopped caring. Yeah, I used to be really yeah. good. I used to put little cards on the table, have them fill out their email address. I give away a shirt at the end of the show. I, and I logged all those. And I was like, God damn it, man. And so then all of a sudden you're laying in bed going, how do I get email addresses? Okay, what if I start redoing something's burning? And then what if I put it behind a paywall? And and I make the paywall pretty achievable just so I can pay for the thing. But really what I need is email address. Like, and then all this, you have all these other thoughts. Yeah. And then one day you drive by and you see, I saw a dude building a fence. And I thought, I bet he doesn't go to bed thinking about that fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet he goes, I'm done. I think I'm that's why people go to farms and shit or just live in a yurt. It's just a simpler life. Have you, ever, you, uh... have you ever been in a yurt? No, I've seen them though. Oh, they're fucking awesome. Yurts are fucking awesome. So it's just like a tent, a luxury tent that you what? could put together very easily yourself. Dude, it's pull up yurts. I lived in a, I, I stayed in a yurt at 7,000 feet and I think in, in Idaho and it was fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Amazing. One of the best shits I've ever taken in my life. Oh my God. That, that night we ate sure. liver and heart in a yurt. Oh, we was got, that part of the show? It was the... a trip flip, yeah. Ah, nice. And so we went up to a they're beautiful. If you do like the yurt we were in had bunks all around it. But if you do like type in like just the inside of a nice yurt, if you do one bed. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really fucking nice. And it's all like it's almost like a like a dog gate, like a like a children's fence that you'd put up in, in a hallway. Like you just expand it oh, no. and you expand it and then you lock it in, you screw it in. And I think, and look, they got oh, one yeah. tree. Leanne wanted a house in the mountains. And I thought I wouldn't mind a house in the mountains, but I wouldn't mind at altitude, like 10,000 feet, 7,000 feet and doing a yurt and having a place where you take snowmobiles up to oh. and then you stay and you're really in the middle of fucking nowhere. They had an outhouse that, this yurt and I woke up. And I took a shit in the outhouse. It was fucking freezing. I took a shit in the outhouse. I had my coat on. And the sun came up over the mountain as I was shitting. <laughs> and it shined through all the trees that were covered in snow. And I thought, this is gonna, um, this is a shit I'll never forget. Just the, you're crying while you're on the toilet? I was just like sobbing. I'll never shit like this again. <laughs> I, I get emotional pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you cried? Oh, man. What was it? You know... I come like my parents are Afghan. I think there's this culture of don't cry. We talked about this before. Afghanistan is, uh, is that from is that, Afghan is what's Afghan? The, Afghan is the people. 
Afghanistan's the place. Afghanistan's the place. <laughs> Welcome back to the segment called Educating Bird. <laughs> I was just no, I was just making sure you knew it. So, <laughs> right. Sometimes I forget what I am, and yeah. I just thank you for so keeping wait, me honest. So wait, your your parents are were they from Afghanistan? From Afghanistan, yeah, born really? and raised out there. Afghanistan uh, is it's next to Pakistan. <laughs> and, and, but yeah, but 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 it's the but the the people. I know that the lines were arbitrarily drawn in the sand right. by the British government, and that is the problem with. With over there is that you're having people that are two totally different things having to share a country, and they're and it's fucked everything up. Or it gets murky because then you have like people from Pakistan who will come into Afghanistan, and it's like which do they belong to? Yeah. Um, so, but there's this culture of, I mean, at least as an Afghan American, that you you're not super open with your emotions and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of repression going on. So for me, it's hard to just openly cry. Like, I think my buddy, one time he was like, hey, you want to go see that Mr. Rogers movie? And I wanted to, but I just didn't want a chance crying in front of him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to cry next to a friend, even though it's a friend. I go, that's something I do. Like crying and masturbating is sort of like just any, that's a solo activity. <laughs> any liquid being excreted is just a solo activity. Like, I, uh, I, I've never, I've masturbated in front of people before. Um, a person, not people. Front of people. What if the podcast just ended right there and then it's over? It's a great place for. Yeah, I, I masturbate in front of people. A per, I've masturbated in front of a person before. Usually a chick. Oh, only a chick. <laughs> just keep digging yourself a deeper and deeper only hole. Only a chick. Only a chick. Uh, and so I masturbated in front of my wife before, and so, but I've I've cried in front of a lot of people. I've cried on stage before. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. What I, was the moment? What made you? I have a I have a story. I had to stop telling it because I was crying. I couldn't get through it. Um, I have a story about putting down our dog Priscilla. Anyone that's been to one of my shows, uh. at, like there was a chunk of time that I told this. I told it at Red Rocks, and because I was in a fucking way and I was having fun and it was and I was like, I was like, it's a good story and it's funny story. It's a funny story, but it's an emotional story because I I end up, I I I can do the whole story totally good. But when I get to the part of me saying goodbye to her, I remember oh saying God. goodbye to her, yeah. and I and and so I end up crying, and then and then people are like, <laughs> people hit me up and they're like, "Dude, fucking love the show, love the Priscilla story, but fuck you, man, I'm crying in my car." And but that's so, almost beautiful, though. You know what I mean? There, yeah. It shows some humanity on stage, and I think even though you go, "Okay, I'm on a stand-up show, it shouldn't be," but it, it's nice breaking, especially where you're at too. It's like, oh, I'm seeing a deeper, yeah. I'm peeling back the onion of Bird a little instead of just you know jokes or something you're like oh that's a real he let me in a little bit yeah but i but i'm very open to crying i wasn't always i wasn't always i never really wanted to cry and then something happened to me and i was very cool with crying huh. maybe i'll get better about it but i i remember watching I uh what movie was it it was miracle i cried at that one warrior if i'm, if I'm watching these movies at home i will let myself walking, I almost... walking tall walking hard with the rock i cried on the airplane <laughs> watching that when he pulls his shirt off, he goes, I just want to make sure that this doesn't happen to any of you people. And his scar back's all scarred. I'm sobbing on a plane. And someone goes, for real? I mean, there are times, I mean, I'm watching Spider-Man or something. Or when you're watching a Marvel movie and you're about to cry, That's that feels like the dumbest shit. You're watching oh, people wait, in spandex. Oh, are you kidding me? Shit, when and- Spider-Man starts to disappear and he's like, he's like, Tony, what's happening to me? Are you fucking kidding me? I was sobbing. And my daughter goes, are you crying? I think the worst is if you're wearing 3D glasses and like Transformers and it's just rolling down your cheek. If you're crying in a 3D movie, <laughs> you got problems. I cried at, you ever seen The Time Traveler's Wife? No, is it good? I got to see it? 
Yo, you're the only person that I've heard say, have you seen The Time Traveler's <laughs> Wife? You've got some odd... I believe it. I, as a comic with a family on the road who drinks a lot, that movie caught me off guard in a hotel, out of the shower, naked on the corner of a bed. I didn't... I just stayed naked, and I watched the whole fucking movie. I watched, like, probably three-quarters of the movie. I caught it a little late, and I was like, oh, yeah. We'll go. So I go on wikipedia and i read the beginning of the movie and i go oh this is cool i love time travel at the end of the movie at the end of the movie i won't spoil it for anyone watching but at the end of the movie he uh he he's talking to his daughter and i am a mess if i this is how bad this is how great that movie was if i tell you about it if Uh i explain that scene to you i'll start crying oh wow that's how fucking great that movie is and Eric Bana's amazing. Amy Adams, I think, is in it. She's fucking incredible. Like, they're just really great actors, too, that can can emote to you. But uh, that fucking, I've cried. This podcast is brought to you by Liquid IV. Let me tell you how my day starts. My day starts with me starting my coffee machine and making myself a Liquid IV. Liquid IV is fantastic. It is what I need before a workout. It is what I need to feel hydrated, and hydration for me defines health. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, and it's made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. It is designed for rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. And that's why I love it. And here's why I also love it. They're changing the world. For every purchase, they donate a serving to someone in need to date. Liquid IV has donated over 24 million servings globally. Grab your Liquid IV in bulk at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code BERT at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code BERT at liquidiv.com. I spent the day at the hospital the other day uh, getting a a flurry of tests. I'm good, I think. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm good. But what's crazy is I realized just how fragile life is. I did a bone density scan, and I sat in a room with a bunch of older ladies. And I thought one day that's going to be Leanne. That's why life insurance is so important. In my opinion, uh... You need life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, just answer a few quick questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes, a phone, a laptop to apply, and Ladder's smart algorithm is going to work in real time. So you find out if you're instantly approved. No hidden fees. Cancel anytime. Get a full refund. If you change your mind in the first 30 days, Ladder's policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims. They're rated A&A Plus by AM Best. Ladder's customers rate them a 4.8 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, and they made Forbes' best life insurance 2021 list. Finally, since life insurance costs more as the age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash Bert today to see if you're instantly improved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Bert. Ladderlife.com slash Bert. Do you ever see your dad cry? Yes, but he does a good job at hiding it, I think. Uh, What's your dad's name? Muhammad. Well, y- y- that- Yaya, but Muhammad is like the American version 
like he'll go by Muhammad because Yahya is a little, and I, also the names are different. It'll be like everyone kind of has the same first name and the middle name is the unique identifier. So everyone will be like Ahmed, Yahya, Anwar or something, or, or his is different. Like I think if I was in Afghanistan, it would be uh, like Ahmed, Faim, Anwar. Okay. But here it's flip-flop where the first name is the unique identifier. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no one goes by their second name. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the the middle name is the more unique one in Afghanistan. So is it a nickname Yahya? No, that's like his uh like family and stuff will call him Yahya, but Muhammad is kind is, of the American. Is name. it on his birth certificate? <sighs> You're like, what's the social? What's the social? Wait, he doesn't have a social no, 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 I don't think they have some like social security out there, but when you become an American citizen, you have all that shit. So he yeah. has a social security. Um, How old was your dad when he came here? Like 18, he came for college and yeah, pretty young. And then he went back for a few years and then he came back and changed his degree. Um, oh yeah, so he doesn't cry that much. I, like at my grandpa's funeral, I saw him cry a little bit. And when I was moving to LA, I packed up my Toyota Corolla. I just finished, you know, uh, college. And it's saying goodbye, you know, like to the family. So I'm hugging my mom and stuff. And then my dad, he just kind of like rushed to the bathroom. He's like, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. So he goes, and like, you know, he's crying yeah. and stuff. And then he comes back and he's just like, you know, bye. So it's like, I, we, you know, he loves me and stuff, but just that showing the tears or whatever is, it's a different thing. And that imprints on you. Like I can't help it, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm think I'm somewhere between my dad and my mom, but that's why I'm a little... It's hard to cry at Mr. Rogers with my friend. Did your dad laugh a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, like, it's weird. You know, like, when I got into stand-up comedy, he wasn't, he didn't really like, like that. Cause, really? Oh, yeah, because culturally, this is, like, I'm a clown, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's different now that I have success and shit and that it's it's uh, it's a career. But when your kid starts doing it, there's a rich history of stand-up and shit in America. Yeah, there's not in Afghanistan, I guess. Yeah. Like, try to explain... I'm, g I'm getting a hamburger at this show. I'm doing well. Yeah. Things are looking up. I used to be and more on a flyer. Now my name's on it. Like all these little incremental wins in stand-up. Yeah. It's just like, uh, can you eat with that? And so, What did your dad do for a living? Engineer at Boeing, which is funny. Oh, that, you told that, me about that's this. What I, yeah, that's what I ended up doing too. <clears throat> um, yeah, I forgot what the point of it was. My, my assistant was a nuclear uh, submarine. Oh, maker. shit. And, like, and so, it, but it's interesting that People get into those jobs that they think they want or their parents push them towards. And then they get there and they go, this isn't what I want. Like, I want to have fun. Totally. Well, for me, it was a means to an end. Like, they were going to pay for college. So I'm like, okay, cool. I knew I wanted to be out in four years. I wasn't trying to find myself. And I knew I wanted to get a job where I could support myself. Just move out to L.A. Yeah. And, and do stand-up and just have a job until I didn't have to. So that's why, you know, I got a job at Boeing. And then I was doing stand-up at night and shit. And then finally I got to a point where I could do it full-time. Uh, do you find yourself applying your smartness? I'm assuming you were probably pretty good at school. Do you find yourself applying that in stand-up? Indirectly. You know, it's not like I have a spreadsheet or some shit and I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm getting this many last per minute and let me chart this and this, you know, this topic does well and relationships always. But I think when you go to engineering school, it teaches you just good time management. It's almost just fundamental building blocks to be productive. So I just know how to squeeze a lot out of a day. Um, what time do you wake up every day? See, I'm not good about that. I you wake just, up, wait, yeah, yeah. I wake you, up you stay, at like you, 10 or 11 because I'm doing late night sets at the store. Yeah. I'm bouncing around when I don't have a job, when I don't have like a Hollywood job or whatever. Uh, wait, then t tell me about Hollywood jobs because you've written for a bunch of shit. Not a bunch of shit. I mean, during the pandemic, I got this writing job 
these, this Chuck Lorre writing job. So that was kind of a, a nine to five. Yeah. But outside of that, you'll get an acting thing for a week or so, and then you got to wake up early. So it's sporadic, you know? Yeah. But stand up is just, you're a mercenary. You can do whatever you want. Um, so I wake up late, but I know what to do with my time. And when I do sets, I'm pretty effective with the sets. I know what I want to accomplish in the set. I know. I wish I had your brain. Well, we do different things, you know, we have different styles. Um, and also I'll know if it's kind of a, like a younger kid, like this hat I got from this cool show, a younger comic. It's like, Hey, you want to do it? I can try out more new stuff. Cause it's kind of a favor. I'm not, it's not like a big paying gig. It's in town. So I'm like, okay, try, I can try some new stuff. But then when you're doing the comedy store main room, that's the hits. So you can tweak the hits oh, yeah. a little a little bit, but I can't do as much new stuff in the main room as I can at a younger kid's show at a bar or something. Yeah. I only look at the comedy stores trying new stuff. Well, you're at a different place. You know what I mean? Like, no, but I, but people I, but, are so excited but to but see that you. But that may be a down... That might not be a good thing. Because like I look at... I try to... I lately have tried to have no thoughts. I heard... This is a bad example, but I heard Carrot Top say this one time. I'm, I'm sure this isn't accurate, mm -hmm. but he said... I remember saying to him, what do you think about before you go on stage? He goes, I try to clear my head, to be honest with you. I, don't, I try to have zero thoughts when I go on stage. I heard a bunch of improv people say that. I, the one thing I love about improv is I can go up with no thought. And so I've been doing that lately, trying to clear my head before I go on stage so that I hope that something original happens in the moment that I can take and then put in my hour. Because I feel like my hour is very scripted right now. Uh -huh. I think that's great advice, at least just to start. I think I need to take a little bit of that as well. Just there's something cool about having that blank slate being receptive in the moment as a starting place with the audience. And then you can pull whatever bits you're trying to do. But I like, and I like that, you know, I got this note from Carrot Top or whatever. I remember yeah. when Carrot Top did Rogan, I texted Rogan. I go, I think it's so cool that you had Carrot Top on. He's a fucking great guy. Great and guy. by the way, he's an amazing performer. Yeah. Like I, his I, shows, I saw one of his shows. At the Luxor or he what? Was, no, he was doing... He was doing theaters. When I moved out here, he was doing theaters. He mm -hmm. was doing, he did the Sun something, Sun Arena out in Anaheim. And we went out there and watched him. And top to bottom, one of the most enjoyable shows I've ever seen for one hour of did not miss a beat, did not, did milked every bit he had. And I went, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, like there is skill. I think sometimes you can you can become so elitist in stand-up comedy that someone is proving themselves in some sector and with some people and it's easy to dismiss it like uh it's not it's not at the taco shop that I go to mm -hmm. on the east side. But you get older and you realize that there is a skill and a craft and a talent even in this, this populist appeal or whatever. Yeah. Um and just the fact that Carrot Top has been in the game for how long I'm like, you got to respect it. No matter what your tastes are well, in comedy. Yeah. Just, he's dedicated so much of his life to this craft. He's a brother in arms. Oh, uh, 100%. And I and I think I, I think what's crazy is, I've noticed this. People, uh, when we were talking about like what phases we're at in comedy and where we've been and, and what it's like, I can take openers. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the, biggest, the biggest hurdle in comedy is to be able to sell a hard ticket. To sell a ticket. Um, I saw a very funny dude who was on, I won't say his name, but I saw a guy on stage doing a thing and he said, has anyone seen my new special? And ever, and no one had seen it. And he had put it on, and I'd seen it. Yeah. He's a comic, so I watched uh -huh. a lot of stuff. I saw, congrats on oh, the, thanks, on the uh, triple hat, the hat trick. trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that a lot. I did the hat trick last night. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, 
It was really shot beautifully, by the way. It was I really shot, shot it, man. That's you so shot cool. it? I did it. I directed it. Yeah. That was shot really fucking beautiful. I actually said the exteriors of the store uh-huh. and the exteriors, the interiors of the belly room, the main room, the interior, the, the shots yeah. were fucking beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'm glad it came out. Like people are like, oh man, it's so, it's, it's shot so well in production. And like, I haven't done that for myself so it's kind yeah. of nice to hear that just. oh it was, i actually was gonna that's the one compliment i went because normally when it comes to a special i get very lost in uh in in anything before the joke just start with the joke i, I want the joke first i want to see the joke i love shane gillis's special it starts with the joke and then he has a little intro but then it goes into the hour yeah but that for some reason i did not get lost in it and i went oh these are really beautiful oh, that's a great this is a great story. This is part of the story. Yeah, it was very, it was very meaningful because I knew what the hat trick was, but anyone watching in maybe in maybe Omaha may not know what the hat trick was. And I thought he's describing it beautifully. He's explaining what the story is to him, but more importantly, he's showing you each of the rooms and telling you the. And it was really fucking. I really did not get lost in the beginning, which is you drew me in. Thanks. And, and that was fucking really well done. Thanks. Yeah, I, I think I had to set the plate. Um, that's cool that you recognize that because the whole the whole conceit of doing the the hat trick is the nuances of all three rooms, how they're different, how it's all in this one building, and for them to visually see what each room looks like before you see the comic perform in it. Just sort of setting the plate as to what you're going to see for the special. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's kind of, you see people loading in. It's fun. Because part of, it's not just the stand-up special, because I could do that anywhere, you know? I could mm-hmm. just do regular style at a, at a theater or a club or something. Like, I did my first one that way, and I, I did it. Like, I don't need to do... Also, I needed to do something different, because if I did another regular one, like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. There is some... It is a storied place. So I go, I'm a comedy store regular, just like you. Like, let me draft off of that to pull some people in who may not know who I am or care about my comedy. But the store gave it this extra element yeah it was it was very well done and by the way very funny thanks very man funny. thanks how was uh, the hat trick for you you did it, yes uh last night uh you did my hat, tr- my hat tricks become progressively more fucked up <laughs> like so i go to the belly room which one do you do last uh main room oh so you're the most just so i'm hammered last night i was last night i was uh I, mean, I brought a bottle of tequila onto the stage with me in a bucket of ice, and I made a drink. I mean, I think I made another drink. And I walked out the highest I've been in a very long time. But you know, I, this is—I I, don't—I don't mean to pay disrespect that I like—I don't prepare when I'm at the store. But I'm using the store for to to, to explore what I'm already have written. So I'll have jokes in there that I go. I know they can be better. They need nuance. They need like flavor. Yeah. Like I did one of the jokes. Uh, I did one. I, I, I do some material, but for the most part, I try to fuck around and I try to find things inside. And last night, I went out so stone sober in the belly room. Didn't even have a drink on stage. Right? Did thirty five minutes. Uh, have f- found a couple things. Then went to the OR. I had a drink backstage with Eddie Bravo. Had another drink with uh, Mark Grossman, and so I had two drinks in me. I go. Uh, on this OR, and I and I do a li- a couple. Oh, in, in the in the belly room, I did a, a a joke I've been working on, and I was like, I need to change parts of it, so I slowed it down. I try, you know, and I did, so I did that. I did a chunk of something, but fucked around for like twenty five minutes, and then did one story. In the OR, I did some material 
but some new material that I've been wanting to, I need for this hour, I need um, some sex jokes. I need, I feel like everything, there's nothing really Yo, that's good. fucking hilarious. I love you. Like, look, I need to pat it out with some sex jokes. Yeah. It's just, you know, my fans to come out for that. I need. No, no, it's, I need it. I need it because it makes, I need something that makes me laugh. Like this, the last special I did, Hey Big Boy, the one, uh, the one joke was, uh, uh, that I really liked. I had, I had a bunch of ch- junk uh, sex with my wife jokes, and I, I think they're always. But it was uh, I, my wife won't have sex with me when I'm sick, and I was like, "Are you serious?" And she's like, "She's like, yeah, I don't want to get sick." And I go, "I definitely fuck her if she's sick." And I was like, "She was like, well, I'm not gonna have sex with you. If you're sick." And I go, "Don't worry, we'll practice safe sex." She said, "You're gonna wear a condom," and I went, "No, no, no, doggy style." So you cough into the wall, <laughs> and so and so that was the sex joke. So last night I wrote it, and then Neil Brennan came up to me and was I had a joke about uh this is a sex joke and neil J- brennan came up and was like hey man this would be a good tag for it and i was like "Ooh, that's the beauty of that place yeah. that happens all the time like neil will have some great tags and then like eric griffin might have one for him it's just that back hallway and just being around other comics it's having another set of eyes on it and yeah. just like oh here's take it or leave he it he gave me two tags and i was like fuck yeah and so then i went into the main room but i was so fucked up that i got on stage and i realized well, I'm pretty high, and I have I'm having very big thoughts in paragraph form, but I don't know how to articulate them in a sentence. And so, I at one point I giggled myself almost unconscious. Jesus. I was laughing so hard on stage, but it was a great it was a great show. Oh, I'm sure, it was a great show. But it was but but I look I use those rooms to kind of explore stuff I already have, hmm. and 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 I I don't I try not to like I I remember watching this dude I won't say his name. But I remember watching this dude. I, you, I'm, I wish I should say his name to you, so you know who I'm talking about. But just murder with material, like yeah, his yeah. his A list stuff, and and it was stuff he had already recorded on a special in the main room. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, that, aren't you working on stuff? Like, oh, like you just recorded that on a special. What the fuck are you doing? Was it Don't, out? Was the yeah, spe- special was out. Oh. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are That's you doing? Interesting. And I remember that left a print on me where I went, "Don't ever do that. Like, don't ever, don't ever disrespect this." I I saw another dude just do. 10 year old material in the in the main room and i went are you is this like a i don't like with stand up for me the fun part is creating totally and i know that is for you i love that the creating chasing the new idea just something that was an idea to you earlier that day and now it's a tangible thing i'm chasing that that's why i do stand up the the I, I love the nuance of the art form. I wrote a joke yesterday. Uh, I definitely won't put this in my special, so I'll tell you the joke. Yeah, please. But but I wrote the joke, and then I said, it's a great joke, but, but what am I? I'm not a joke writer. What would be fun is to then take this joke and tell it. This was my goal last night, to tell it three different ways, but tell the same joke. Tell the joke, and go, I'm going to tell you the same joke three different ways. Have fun with the art form. The joke was I wrote a, rom, I wrote a rom-com. Uh, it's a story, it's kind of derivative, but it's a story about uh, a guy and a girl who meet online and they're DMing back and forth, having never met each other in person. And when they finally meet each other in person, he finds out she's transgendered. It's called You've Got Mail. Now, so like, it's a, it's a stupid joke, but it yeah. made me laugh so hard. Yeah. And I was giggling. I told it to my daughters. I told it to my wife. And then I was like, and then I was like, I'm going to try to tell them the same joke, but tell it differently. But you already know the punchline. So really have fun with the joke. Right. So I go... Um, so then I said to I go in the middle of the act in the, in the, which I tell the joke in the beginning, in the middle of the act in the belly room, I go, did I tell you guys about the movie I wrote? And they're like, yeah, I go, no, hold on, hold on. And I pretended like I didn't know that I had already told it, but I told it again. And I was like, have fun with the fucking 
Like find a nuance to it, then create. Because you know, one of my favorite jokes is Dave Dave uh, Chappelle's kicker in the pussy. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. It's one of my favorite jokes because he fucks with the fucking way to tell a joke. I'm so dope. I take punchlines, pull them out of a bowl, and I write a joke for it. The other day, it said kicker in the pussy. I, look, I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but I, I and then he tells a joke, and he goes, "Then I kicked her in the pussy. I'm dope." Like I love that because it's fucking with the art form. Yeah. It's fucking with the. It's not just like set up punch. It's set up sneaky. It's a deeper dive. It's, it's almost a deeper a meta dive. Thing. It's and like it, a, it's, it's a, a M Night Shyamalan. Well, it's like when you watch gymnastics or something. Is the difference between a nine point two and a nine point nine? Yeah, both are fucking amazing. But that nine point nine, that's that's a lot of work to get that extra point. You know, it's the interesting thing. Uh, you know, it's it's what I I think is for a comic is what I like to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, like I watch Dave Attell do crowd work in a city. We were in uh, Rochester, and it was really it was really smart. We were outdoors. We were at a baseball uh, uh, field, and no one had thought to look at the buildings behind us that <laughs> they were looking at and use those as jokes. And and Attell untapped Attell took in all the buildings behind us. And then as he did stand up, he'd be like, eh, looks like this guy went to Monroe Community College. And all of us went, huh? And then turned around. There is a huge sign that says Monroe Community College. It's like the usual suspects for yeah, stand-up. Was, just everyone's piecing it together from what's what's in the environment. It was so fucking good. It was so good. And I was like, oh, that's, like, it's fun to write a joke and create a joke. But it's even more fun if you can fuck with the format a little bit and really have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just the master and just someone who's been doing it so long can play on those levels. But you have that brain, like a playful, fun, kind of like you get bored quick brain. Well, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of what you're talking about, just making it interesting for you as well. Because sometimes, we're, okay, I'm working on the hour, blah, 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 or you're working on a late night set. You can get so rote and that is the enemy of stand-up, just yeah. kind of rep. Then you're doing a monologue. And that's not what's exciting about stand-up. What's exciting about stand-up is that you're watching a living, breathing person in the moment who can pull these jokes and be nimble and like dance around and stuff. So even that exercise you're talking about just keeps the brain, it makes it fun for you. Yeah. Because sometimes comedians forget that this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You can get so bogged down in your career and all these shows and like, why aren't I where I, where I should be and blah, blah, blah. And, and you're like an angry person telling jokes. And that's the antithesis of, of how like this works yeah i'm an, and i'm a bad listener mm-hmm. even in the room sometimes i'll i'll be just barreling through so when i listen on on like i listen to my set i go oh how the fuck did i miss that mm-hmm. and then you listen and you go oh that's i could do that differently next time yeah yeah but it's like having that level of play i, yeah. I think i always need that just to make it interesting for me and then that's how i'm like that's my optimal state is just to do the jokes and play and keep it interesting that's why sometimes i would do lance back in the day just do uh, yeah. that character because i would be all about the jokes i remember the first time i saw that i did not know what i was watching and i was like i was like this guy's an amazing fucking dancer i was like is this like a real person and they're like no it's fahim i went what and they're like yeah and i go oh my god and then all of a sudden i was like what the fuck and i remember you walk you were still in character you walked past me and i was like the fuck did i just see it's like that when when done well, you're it's so much fun to watch. It's a transformation. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I don't maybe because I'm in my body and I don't see the difference. Like I'm just in the character and I'm still me somewhere back there. But I guess it is transformative because a lot of people in the audience and stuff, there are fans of mine when I started doing it who didn't know that was me up there. Yeah. 
like they're Fahim fans, but they didn't know that that it's still my face and shit. I just had a like a mullet and a wife beater and just the posture changes and the way they interact with the crowd changes. Like I had one girl afterwards because I would take the shit out after I'm done. So I would do Lance. Thank you. Good night. You know, and I'm in the back bar and I take the weave out and then I put my regular clothes on and, I, and then I'm just hanging out by the front patio of the comedy store talking to comics and this girl comes up to me and she goes, oh my God, oh, you were great up there. And I go, I go, what? <laughs> Cause I don't, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't, they're separate people, yeah. you know? So I go, what? And she goes, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she went, she went back into the showroom and that made me feel so good. And yeah. I love that half the, like the comics in the back, they, oh, it's a, we they a, know what it is. Yeah, but it's, it's so, such a treat. It's such a treat. Here's what's crazy. We'll go back to that conversation about selling tickets. Yeah. Because it's such a treat as a comic to see another comic take a chance, mm. to really take a chance. It's such a fucking treat. Yeah, it's a big commitment because, you know, I'm in a wife beater. I have the weave mullet. Yeah. I'm dancing around for a minute up top. It's pure crowd work, no material. It's a big swing. So I think comics appreciate just, all right, that's. You know who hates it though? Leslie Jones hates it because <laughs> she's like she's been very sweet to me lately. Like she she's finally seen me do stand up, and she's like a fan of my stand. She's like, yeah. "Oh my god! Like when did you get funny?" Which is flattering and also <laughs> insulting at the same time. Um, but I'm like, "Oh, that's nice. Thanks so much." And then she's like, "Yeah, oh my god! Like yeah, it's so funny." Um, used to do that landscape and like I hated it. She goes like, I thought it was corny as fuck. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> it's she hates Lance. But all the like other most of the comics, like 90% of them love Lance oh, and like the crowds yeah. love, but like Leslie hates it. Well it's it's funny not to I mean, obviously you know uh, not to like but like when I first started taking my shirt off, uh-huh. people comics thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. So like what the fuck are you doing? And then, and and then when I did a special, my first special shirtless, comics were like, I think because, I think, there's a weird thing with comics is that like, they're like, this could blow up very drastically in his face, mm. and they're like, they're like, and it's that, and, working, and then and then when it works, and it's and then then there's then you get like a backlash of like, oh, he's just doing the thing that you know. And, but it's it goes back to selling tickets. That hard, selling a ticket is the hardest thing you can do. That's the that's the threshold. Once you sell a ticket, and everyone roots for you once you sell a ticket. Uh. But then once you start selling a lot of tickets, people start hating you. So it and, just keeps on going yeah, back and yeah, forth. Yeah, it goes back and forth. And then you sell so many tickets that you become a legend, and then they go yeah. back to loving you. Yeah, and then but like it's crazy. Like I watched because I watched. I I mean I'll use Dane as an example because mm-hmm. everyone knows the backlash Dane got, but like. You know, everyone, I mean, there are people had issues with Dane personally, I'm sure, at, to, at the time. But every one of us, when Dane was in the in the Laugh Factory and running the Laugh Factory, he was our he was our favorite guy to watch do stand-up. He was he was magical. I mean, like, I, I don't I can't really explain to people that aren't my age and been doing it as long as I have. People used to bomb. Like that used to be a legit thing. It's like great comics would bomb. Mitch Hedberg. I saw him bomb so fucking hard. I love Mitch. I love. This yeah. is cool to hear. I'm, 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 I hope I'm not sounding. I'm not. No. Mitch Hedberg. I would argue, out of all the times I saw him, 
because he wasn't famous. He was just funny. Yeah. And so he would, audiences did not get him a lot, a lot. Yeah. There's a notorious story about Dave Stroop, who runs the Columbus Funny Bone, um, firing Mitch Hedberg. And, and Stanhope went off on Dave Stroop because of this. And it caused a huge war between Stroop and Stanhope for the longest time. Uh, Stanhope said something about Dave's kid, and it was like a big fucking deal. But the whole thing was some guy, and I wish I could remember the guy, was opening for Mitch, and they switched it up. I think he just fired Mitch and said, Mitch isn't funny. He can't be a headliner. It's Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Right? But Mitch, people didn't get Mitch because now you can be famous, and people will get what you're trying to do. Mm. Back then, people just showed up to a comedy club, and they're like, who the fuck is this guy? But when Dane did it, Dane never bombed. Ne- and took chances and never bombed he was so he still is still is but i'm saying at that moment he was doing something and when we go back to talk about dublins i would i would argue and i know this is a fucking flowery statement i know this is a flowery statement Uh uh-huh but it would be like watching michael jordan at the united center dane cook at dublins was was something that you won't ever get to see that in comedy ever again, ever again. It's Sam Kinison at the store, uh-huh. Dane Cook at Dublin's. And I know that, I know that it's, I know that people will be like, fucking seriously. I believe this though, because I have heard this, this from so many other comics as well. Like it's so pure and true that no one is denying that. He like, was, you can't fuck with it. He was, he was undeniable the word undeniable is a very big word in my in my in my brain when it comes to this business i remember watching like vince vaughn standing in the back of dublin's doubled over at dane i remember watching dane and just looking around i mean people white people moving around in their seats yo he he turned a white audience into a black audience he turned a white audience into a black audience justin timberlake and he would do, and he would do the silliest things. Like I remember, sports chalet. Is that still a thing? Oh yeah, he would sing it or did he would just go, one of his specials? Chalet, take it to the limit. <laughs> I remember watching him come up with that. Cause I, I mean, I was in the clubs a lot. Yeah. At the time, I remember watching him come up with that at Dublin. Sports chalet, you take it to the limit. You know the limit? I'll take it right past there. Like it was, it was just, he was just so amazing at that time, and so everyone rooted for him. Everyone loved. I mean, everyone. And then when Dane popped. I mean, I remember getting the I remember getting the USA Today article, and Dane Cook was in it, number one selling comic in the world. There was a solid week where there wasn't one Dane hater, and then the next fucking week there were a bunch. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it was like they made fun of him on fucking Mad TV. They made like, and it was like, well, I well, I don't understand. Everyone was rooting for him, and then the second he's doing Madison Square Garden, and then all of a sudden the Boston Garden. I mean, he, everyone just turned, and it's it's crazy that that does happen. It it doesn't. I think things have changed a little bit. Like you don't see it happen for Ali Wong. You don't right. see it happen for Sebastian. I haven't. I mean, I think I think there are people. I mean, I I think people root for me, but I think it's because I got success when I was older. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen for Bill Burr, but it it does happen. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the quick thing. I don't know. But he had been doing it for a long time too. But yeah, but I think it's easy. Like young, young and attractive. And like college, you know, crowds and rock star, people want to hate on that or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm curious because you're doing, what was your trajectory? Because you were doing, it's interesting to me, you were doing the travel show for a while. Mm-hmm. 
you were doing stand-up before that, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got back into stand-up. Was that drawing you away from it? What was the shift? It was a, it was drawing me away from it. I I I think that I was like, you know, I I really didn't think anything was. I I, I got com I got com comfortable with um, just making a living. Uh -huh. Like I I did stand-up, and I had some really big opportunities uh, when I was younger. And then I started making money doing pilots. Like I'd do a pilot for ten grand was like my price point. Fifteen grand, you do a pilot for like a week with someone, and that was good money. And I had two kids. And then I got offered Birth Conquer from Travel Channel, and I want to say it was like seventy five hundred dollars an episode, which was great money. Five thousand dollars an episode was my my limit. I mm -hmm. thought if you can make five thousand, I'm not really good at math. I remember thinking if you can make five thousand dollars an episode, and you can do like a season, you'll be a millionaire. <laughs> The math works out, but it, yeah, my buddy it feels Eddie, right. my buddy Eddie and I, my first TV show was the X show, and I got five thousand dollars a week, and it was, and we shot every week, fifty-two weeks or fifty weeks, and my buddy Eddie and I were in the car, and on Franklin, and he goes, and I, I on speaker, I get the offer, I accept it, and I go, holy shit, I looked at him, and he goes, five thousand dollars a week, fucking for one year, you're a millionaire, and I and I didn't do the math, I just accepted his statement, I went, I'm a fucking millionaire. I'm a fucking millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And he was like, congratulations. Millionaires go to Vegas. And I went, let's go to Vegas. And we went to Vegas that night. We got in the car, drove to Vegas, just went to fucking Vegas. And, and he kept going, my buddy's a millionaire. And I was like, I'm a millionaire. I did not do the math. It's not a million dollars. It's like fucking $250,000. I mean, that sounds like the thing you do when you get, and you think you're a millionaire, but you're not. Go to Vegas is the next step. Like that's what those guys would do. How much is 5,000 5, times 500? I never even done the... It's, we didn't even work 50 weeks a year. We worked probably 40. Times 500 times $250,000. Not, not bad, but not a mil. I think you did the math wrong. You mean 50? 50. $260,000. <laughs> <laughs> I was making... Would, would, I was, <laughs> would that have changed the size of your bets I in was, Las Vegas? Uh, no, I, I was I was always a small better. I was making two hundred sixty dollars a year, two hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, and my buddy had convinced me I was a millionaire. That's still, you know, it's good money. It's good money. So what but was I the believed shift, though? Because that's I was pretty a, comfortable. No, well, that so that five thousand. So in my head, for my whole life, I believed if you can make five thousand dollars a week, you're a millionaire. Uh, I didn't do the math. I never did yeah. the math. So when I got offered Birth of Conqueror, it was seventy five hundred dollars a week, and I was like, nice, I'm set. So I did one season, and I remember. My wife said, if, if you do a second season of this, we could buy a house. And I was like, dude, I loved it. I couldn't imagine the idea that people had houses. Someone was telling me something about uh, about uh, trying to fix stand-up. And I go, no, no, no. Stand-up's like riding a bike. You got to figure it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's life is like that. You got to figure out things for yourself. People talk about wanting to be rich. The whole thing about being getting rich is that you do all the work to get there, and you learn all the lessons to get you to the part where you make the money. Yeah. That's the part. You can't just get rich. Because you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You got to fucking do all the work to get there. And so we did a second season of Birth Conquer. We bought our house on, oh, take out this fucking street name. <laughs> so, so we bought that house uh -huh. and then, uh, and it was good. And then they signed me. And then, then one day I, I was sitting there. Uh, they had a new president and a new vice president. And um, he called me up. He was like, hey, man. Uh, I want to offer you a deal. And this is a travel channel. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, 
He's like, it's, uh, I mean, I wish I, if I remembered the real, real numbers, I'd say it. Yeah. But it was, what it was, was a lump sum. It was like f- maybe $500,000 for two years. And you got paid per episode. But if you outworked that money, you got hit. They, they paid you more per episode. So if, if you did two seasons in a, in a year, you'd get double the money. And he was like, here's the deal. You take it. I opened a bottle of champagne and I lit a joint. I brought Leanne out and I told her, we don't have to worry about money for two years. That is, as a father, that was like the greatest feeling I've ever had in my in my whole career. That fe- I remember that feeling. We opened a bottle of champagne and I smoked a joint. We had to pick up the girls in like 30 minutes. And we opened a bottle of champagne and it was like, great. I, I did those two years and then they offered me another deal like for like three years, two years. But it was a million dollars over two years. And I was like, holy shit. I remember being like, this is the thing. And then I went and, and, and so, but I was, I'd done stand up. I'd started stand up, you know, when I was 26, I was now 37 turning. I was 40 when I got like my second deal and, and I was doing podcasts with Rogan. I was, I was doing spots around town, but not really. I was doing the road, but so I do two weeks on and then one week off and on my one week off, sometimes I do stand up. Sometimes I'd come home mm-hmm. and then two things happened. One was I was in my, it was in Tam, Clearwater with my parents, and my dad said and I was coming towards the end. I'd done another episode of Birth to Conqueror, another season of Birth to Conqueror. I'd wrapped triplet, done four seasons of that, and they had brought back Birth to Conqueror. And I was thinking I was just like I just want another deal. I was coming up to the end of my deal. I got to Montreal, mm-hmm. and I remember being at Montreal, and there was a dude who didn't know I was a stand up, and that was a stand up. Uh. And he was I I said something, and he was super disrespectful. And he's like, it's comics talking, something like that. And I went, oh my God, he doesn't know I'm a stand-up. And I was like, it was at a, it was at Roast Battle. Roast Battle was really hard to get in. And I remember feeling like people thought I was just a, uh, like a TV guy and not a comic. And I had been doing comic longer, comedy longer than these guys. And I remember distinctly feeling that. And at that time, Segura started to pop. He really started to pop. He left his agent and his manager at Montreal that year. And I was watching people get around Segura. I had a conversation with a younger comic who tried to explain to me how a special was shot. And I was like, I was like, it was a bunch of weird things, but my dad had this, my dad had this saying, eat shit, cash checks. Don't let your ego get in front of you making money. Don't let your ego change your income. Like don't get in your feelings about things. And I didn't, I had a weird thing about like, I was cool. I got it. I know where I am, but I can provide for my family. I'm at Montreal. I'm not doing any of the interesting shows. Uh, a weird, another weird thing. Like I did a show and I, I, was, I was still a really good stand-up. I hadn't done my, I was a really good stand-up. I had, uh, I was, I tell, told the machine story on stage that like, I, I was a good stand-up. I go back to Clearwater after Montreal. I'm towards the end of my travel channel deal. And um, I tell my dad, I'm a glass of wine and a cigar with my dad. And he said, so, so what's up? What's next for you? What are you going to do? I said, hopefully I'll get another deal at Travel Channel, you know? And I looked at my dad and I said, eat shit, cast checks. And my dad started crying. <laughs> he goes, oh, I think I fucked you up. And I was like, what? And he's like, you're supposed to have an ego. You're supposed to have an ego. Like, you, you're not a company man. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, don't you want to do something else? And I was like, no, just, I mean, if I work at Travel Channel, it's good money, dad. And it was good money. I was I was making I, what I thought was really great money. And uh, my dad's like, oh, and was crying and he was like no e shit and cash checks is for me 
It's for guys like me who don't have talent. That's us. You have talent. You should stand up for yourself. He was like, you, he was like, didn't Showtime offer you a special? And I was like, yeah, but I don't have time to do it. I'm, I'm working for Travel Channel. And he was like, no. He goes, if you don't bet on yourself now, I was probably 41 or 42. He said, if you don't bet on yourself now, you're never going to know what you could have been. And he said, you need, to, you need to walk away from Travel Channel and you need to focus on you and, and, and go to the, he goes, you're better than Travel Channel. I was like, okay. In my head, I was like, I'll take the deal. So then I go to, to lunch with the new president of Travel Channel, who, no disrespect to her at all, uh, had very little interest in being at lunch with me. As a matter of fact, she went over and spent most lunch talking to her sister, who was at another table. And I kind of think she made sure her sister was there so she didn't have to talk to me. Mm. She sent, she left my table. I'm supposed to have talk about my next deal. She left my table, went over, and sat with her sister and her friend for half the lunch. The food came. She came back. She ate with me. Kind of talked to me and then left and went back to her sister. I was like, I was like, I don't think I'm a priority at this network. That night, I go to the store and I, I have a monster set on at the in the main room. I walk into the back and Bill Burr and Rogan are talking about me. And I and I walk into them talking about me. I said a comment. Uh, Bill kind of made fun of me, and then I was like, Wait, what were you guys? What were you guys saying? And then Rogan was just like. Your TV show sucks, man. And I was like, what? And he was like, your show sucks. It really does. He was like, you're not. I remember the one thing Bill said is like, you're not a fucking, well, you're not a TV host. What the fuck? You're not a celebrity. You're a fucking comic. And he kept, and they were like, you need to get away from this fucking travel channel shit. And then now there's two people, and I'm having the feeling the travel channel doesn't like me, right? Uh-huh. Two people are saying this to me, and they're like, you need to focus. Rogan and Burr was like. And not just two people. like Two of the yeah. big, best comics in the world. Or like you need to focus on stand up and focus on your podcast. You need to focus. There's a picture of that moment. Troy Conrad has a picture of me, Bill, and Joe having that conversation. Um, they put it in. They put it in the Comedy Store documentary. Oh wow! And uh, they're like, you need to focus on stand up and focus on your podcast. It was very, very aggressive conversation. Bill was like, "What's your nut?" I was like, "What?" He goes, "What do you need to make a year to survive?" And I told him my number. And Joe and him did the math, and they're like, "Okay, you can make that on on podcasting and the road. How, how much you do in the road?" And I told him, and Joe says, you need to be doing the road more. And what do you make in a week? I mean, it was like really like fucking cards on the table conversation. So I told them all, and they're like, all right. So the next week, uh, my we start we start renovating that house. So I got this Travel Channel money. I'm supposed to do this tour for Funny or Die, Oddball. I'm supposed to do... Uh, I'm supposed to do, uh, a more, do another deal for Travel Channel. Like all this stuff. Oddball gets taken away from me. We renovate the house, and I get a phone call. I'm going to walk in our old neighborhood. I'm going to, I get a phone call from the new president, and she just very, uh, very quickly lets me know that we're no longer working together, and uh, you're no longer working a travel channel. We're not going to extend your deal, and uh, and uh, best of luck. And it was it was the quickest breakup. And I was like, I tried to keep her on the phone, like I was like, well, hold on. And she was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm not working with you. I don't want to talk to you at all. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then. And I remember I got pulled off the funnier die thing, and Tom told me how much he was making, and I was like, "Mother fucker!" Why did you get pulled off that? Uh, they just canceled twelve dates. They they did uh, oddball was the yeah, thing, yeah. and they they just didn't have. I think they were supposed to have Chappelle headline it, and he backed out at the last mm. minute or something. I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. Um, I I've been told stuff that I'm that I'm probably not allowed to repeat, uh, but yeah. you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
I got all my dates got pulled. I had no money coming in. Tom told me how much he was making. I was making like X amount. Tom was making 10 times what I was making. And I realized where I was in the world. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I need to, and I, and I literally was like, I got my dad, Bill and Joe are these. And I was like, all right. I leaned on Joe. I leaned on Tom very fucking heavy, but I was like, I need to get my podcast sponsored. Bill, Tom, Joe, everyone started, started putting me on podcasts and started trying to help blow me up and like pump, you know, get me out there. And they came, all came on my podcast to help get me numbers to boost my numbers so that I could get sponsors. And then I got sponsors. And I remember the first week I got sponsors, I uh, ads, I made the first week I made $5,000 a week in one week in ads. And I went, hold on, that's my number. I can be a millionaire again. <laughs> And I remember going like, I'm good. At five, I remember 5,000 being my number. That was my nut. And I was like, I'm good. Yo, if this was a bit, that's the fucking, ah, oh, the yeah. callback. 5,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could be a millionaire I again. I could be a millionaire. Oh, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> this guy's a moron. I love tobacco. My whole life I've been a tobacco guy. I feel like conversations go better when you have tobacco, baseball, fishing. But if you're looking for an alternative... Because there's alternatives for everything. There's alternatives to to gas cars. There's alternatives to beef. What about high-quality nicotine-free tobacco alternatives? Well, hello, Black Buffalo. If you're 21 and over and you dip or chew tobacco pouches or long cut, you have to try this tobacco alternative, Black Buffalo Zero. What makes Black Buffalo Zero unique? Black Buffalo Zero is everything you love about dipping just without the actual tobacco leaf stem or nicotine it's dip literally made from edible green leaves and food grade ingredients with the same flavor textures and aromas that we are used to they've got winter green they've got mint straight they even have blood orange and peach and they sell their products at blackbuffalo.com black buffalo zero is available both in long cut and in pouches but if you're still seeking that little calming tingle in your dip check out their regular product line as well they also have a subscription option so you just have it delivered Right to your door, set it, and forget it. Born in the Midwest, raised in the South, Black Buffalo proudly manufactures their products here in the U.S. Their founders were just some people looking for high-quality tobacco alternatives, and they couldn't find anything, not even overseas. Nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high-quality they were looking for. They decided, let's make our own in small batches. I tried it. We keep it on the bus. I fucking love it. It's 2022. If you're still dipping or using traditional tobacco or those white portion things and you are 21 it's time that you get with black buffalo zero it's everything you love about dipping just without the actual tobacco leaf stem or nicotine head to blackbuffalo.com and use a promo code bert at checkout for 15 percent off your first order that's the best offer you're going to find but you have to use my code bert for 15 percent off your first order one last time that's promo code bert for 15 percent off your order we used to keep CBD on the bus. I remember one time uh, someone goes, how do I know if it's working? Well, if you're wondering if your CBD is working, it probably wasn't. Next Evo Naturals developed smart sorb technology, clinically proven to help you absorb CBD four times better than the regular CBD oil because oil doesn't mix with your water-based body. It works faster and, and I'm telling you, when you feel stress coming on, don't waste any time wondering, is it working? Uh, I, we've, I've used this. I remember I've, I'm sleeping so much better. And I remember saying to Tommy, I was like, uh, 
was like, I think it's because I switched to tequila. He goes, hold on one second. Are you doing the our podcast sponsor next to Evo Naturals? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that's what it is, you moron. Most CBD oils found in tinctures, gummies, and capsules achieve between 2 and 10% absorption, which means more than 90% of what you think you're getting is actually getting wasted. Next Evo Naturals are scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD in a way your body can actually use it. And fast. It's proven 29 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. It's not just another CBD company. Their all-natural products are backed by more scientific studies than any CBD brand developed by experienced consumer healthcare and pharmaceutical professionals. Stop wondering if CBD is right for you. Try Next Evo Naturals Capsules, Gummies, Mints, Topical Creams, and Clinically Proven to be a better absorbed by your body. Get 25% off your first order of $40 or more at nextevo.com with the promo code BERT. That's 25% off at nextevo.com, and the promo code is BERT. And I think what's really interesting, and it's interesting you say this, because I think there was a period that I would go on Rogan and people would think I was just this funny guy who hosted a travel channel show, not realizing I'd been doing stand-up for whatever, 10 years before I met Joe. Mm-hmm. And so I was like a pretty, I was a really good stand-up. And, and then when I started focusing on touring, people would come out and see me. The machine story went viral also. That, so this, this is all in this one little three-month period. My show, I shoot my Showtime special. No one watches it because I'm shirtless. Uh-huh. All that happens in like a three month period, and in this time, Tom Segura is fat shaming me, <laughs> and so I'm my my profile on there's this Google Trends that I'm I'm pretty fascinated by. Yeah. It can tell you how many people were watching you. Pull up Google Trends, Burt Kreischer. This is a really I'm really th- Doug Benson introduced me to this at this moment. At this moment in life. So will you see spikes and then be like, oh, that's when this happened? Uh, I can show, 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 tell oh, you all shit. my spikes. It's It can be depressing. It's it can almost, be depressing. It's almost like a this is your life via Google. Via how yeah. people found you. So this is, that's 12 months. Go to, go to uh, 2004. Okay, so this is my career, okay? It's a career EKG. So all those little bumps right there, that's all Travel Channel. That's all Travel Channel. Those are premieres on Travel Channel. Um, and then... This spike right there, what year is that? 2016? No, that can't be. This spike is, January 2017 is the machine story going viral. That's the machine story going viral. That's awesome. And so this spike right in front of it, go to go to 2000, no, behind, go the other direction. That spike, November 2016, that is Tom Segura starts fat shaming me, okay? Uh we make a weight loss challenge, and I at that moment, I, that that November, we had just demolitioned our house. Go f- go forward, go forward, no, other direction. I'm sorry, backwards, backwards, right there. Go f- now, now scroll. March, April, May, June. This is all Travel Channel stuff. All Travel Channel stuff. Keep going. September, I get pulled off the tour. Okay, September, I decide I have the conversation with with Joe and Bill a, a couple months back, a month back. My dad, in that summer, we're in Clearwater in that summer, and right here, September 2016, is right when my special is about to air, and I decide to take control of my career and start to decide to make content. I decide to make content, and I posted a video where I said a lot of people want to know my morning workout, Well, how I get excited. Well, number one, it's got to be music, and I played Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, well, you wake up in the morning, brushing in your head, 
And 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 I did this cool video of me having a cup of coffee, feeling the song on the treadmill go, let the midnight vessel. <laughs> and I started running and Rogan hit me up and he was like, that video is badass and I love it. And that is like right around September, 2016. And then Tom Segura starts fat shaming me in November. We decide to do a weight loss challenge in November. That's that spike. The machine story goes viral and that all those bumps and that's, that and then and then all these bumps. I can tell you exactly what those bumps are too. The second bump is uh, first we feast. I did hot ones. The third one is Jesus and Miro. I did Jesus and Miro. I became obsessed with Google Trends, and I thought if you can get a spike every every get four spikes a year, then you can continue to sell tickets. And so I was obsessed with spikes. So I would do things that I saw online that I liked. I would apply people's names on inst- on Google Trends and go, wow, they're spiking. Um, what are they doing? Well, what's going on with them? Sean Evans? I, I liked Hot Ones. And then uh-huh. I went in, typed Sean Evans on Hot Ones, and his spikes were bigger than mine. And I was like, dude, I got to do Hot Ones. But I loved Hot yeah. Ones. But I was like, they're spiking. This is a, this is gonna be this is gonna be a big show. Like I I remember loving the show and hitting him up and being like, hey man, when can you have comics on? He was like, we only put hip hop artists and whatnot. I was obsessed with Jesus and Miro. Yeah. My buddy Vincent. Nastri showed me a video of Jesus and Miro, and I started watching a lot of Jesus and Miro. They just broke up. I know. Um, but all those were all spikes. The next one, the next one's secret time. The next big one's secret time. You know what would be great is if you printed this out and had pictures of every spike. It's almost just looking at your life in these moments via graph and picture. It would be so cool. It's it's really fascinating to me, but and I and I kind of got away from it because – I stopped looking at it because it was it was making me crazy. I have rules about this. I can't mm. compare myself with other comics. Yeah, I can if I hate them, but <laughs> I can't compare myself with my friends. I can compare myself with. It's always it's always nice to put on Rogan or Burr because they're fucking so much. Put in Joe Rogan. Compare Joe Rogan to Burr Kreischer. This is really fun, and this will put things in perspective. <laughs> yeah. When you think you're hot shit, type in Joe Rogan. Just, Watch this. Boom. Bro. You don't even see my spikes. Yeah. He looks like a fucking heart. Fucking. You don't even see my spikes, right? This will be fun. And so, and so, uh, put in Dave Chappelle. This is, you want to see real humility? Dave Chappelle. Boom. Look at that fucking yellow. I mean, right now they're kind of neck and neck, but it's almost like a race, you know? Well, him and Rogan, those are, those are, those are two, (laughs) those, those big spikes are people trying to get rid of them. Yeah, they don't like the spikes. When yeah. they see the spikes, they're like, that's a bad time of my life right now. But taking control of my career was a big thing. You do that. Well, I'm starting to. It's very cool to hear you talk about this and because it's resonating with me now because I'm only now adopting this philosophy because I was waiting the traditional model. You know, I'm caught, yeah. the generation I'm in was caught between. There was a way to do it. You know, yeah. you do the late night. You do the half hour. You try to get on the sitcom. You know, you feel weird in the audition let room me, and you want to be the sparklets guy. Let me do the Burt Kreischer intervention with you okay please this is this is how my brain works okay ignore your career ignore everything about you and start with you as a fan what do you what do you what what did you watch this morning on your phone what did i watch i mean i open up instagram and it's whatever's in my so so what so pull out your phone this is really interesting so like i i i i take i run my career from the from the opposite side of the stage I run it from the stands, meaning what do I like? What do I like doing? What do I like watching? What do I enjoy going to? And then I try to work things around there. So when I started doing these spikes and 
I was obsessed with Hot Ones. I was obsessed with Hot I Ones. I loved Hot Ones too. I loved it. And so I said, well, fuck, if I like watching it, I think the people I want to like me would like the same shit I like. And so I, I would, yeah, if you, I think Hot Ones and I have very similar spikings. Talk show. Yeah, you can see that there's a lot of similar spikes in Hot Ones because I was obsessed, like I was obsessed with that show. And so, um, but so what do you like? I mean, I love stand-up, obviously. No, 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 no. What's on your phone? Go, go to your Instagram. Let's see what, what they suggest for you. Because I'm always curious. So go to your search, this one. Dogs. <laughs> Dogs. Stand-up. Skateboarding. Skateboarding's big on mine. Surfing's big But on I'm mine. not even a big skater. I didn't grow up as a skater. But yeah. I just... It's it's all, skating is almost built for Instagram. Yeah. Because the trick when you land it is going to be under 10 seconds. Yeah. It's pure content. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that I get into so skating at this late in my life. Do you skate right now? No. Do you, I, I don't skate. I just like watching the clips and shit. I'm like, yeah. that's crazy. You but pull then, that shit off. But then, so this is how my brain works. So like, I don't surf. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I love surfing videos. I love surfing videos. There's something very primal about the ocean. For me, I love surfing. I love sailing. I don't sail. I love sailing. But so I find the things I like and then I go, I want to make videos like that. So I'm going to Hawaii for a week and I'm going to learn how to surf. That's that's just marrying like yeah. what you love. Yeah, and but implementing so find the things do. that you like watching. I like and then dancing. The- I like um like music and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. so you, you think you could be a DJ? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to be the Paris Hilton? Just the pivot? Where no. I'm- a good so like a good DJ, yeah. Like Tom Segura had DJ Premier do his DJ. That's so cool, dude. Yeah, and, I saw that shit. And he was and and he said Tom said DJs are game changers, especially like DJ Premier would be like, uh, uh, hey man, anyone see the Oscars the other night? And it was Will Smith, and he was like, and he mashed up. Parents just don't understand. To Mama said, knock you out. <laughs> it was awesome. And Tom's like, Bert, it was like hard to follow. He murdered. But it'd be a fun thing. Look at Will oh Smith. Oh, my God. Look at Will Smith. What's the last spike? What, what's, what was <laughs> Type in Chris movie? Rock. Type in Chris Rock. Let's see who got more heat off that. Yeah, the slap or the slap E. Ooh, Will Smith got more got more heat. I guess, you know, it's not the heat you want. Probably not. Yeah. Um, you need to get smacked on stage. <laughs> That's what to, we're learning. That's yeah. what we're learning. Yeah, I'm just trying to get Will Smith really angry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you ain't shit. Yeah. You ain't. <laughs> uh, concussion, whatever, whatever that yeah, movie concussion is. Concussion sucked. That accent wasn't even on par. But like, I, I look at the things, these, these are the things that define you. And then I fi- try to find things I can do associated with the shit I like. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That's the way I, I operate. I find the things I like, and then I kind of like, like I was obsessed with this, um, I'm really obsessed with this guy, Brody uh, Moss. Uh-huh. He's an Australian dude, and he um, he lives in Exmouth, and it is uh, gorgeous, and he goes out on his boat every day and goes fishing, <coughs> and he is just a very pure soul, a very, very pure soul, and I watched him have coffee for the first time in his life. He'd never had coffee, and it's maybe, my, maybe one of my favorite things I've ever seen. So, but then I, as a comic, I, I go... What would be my thing like that? Oh, like why? How do I? I enjoyed watching him have coffee for the first time. What's what's something I've never done? I want to do something for the first time and see people watch me enjoy something for the first time. 
You know what was the thing? Uh, I, I well, it was going to be mushrooms, but I've already had mushrooms, mm. but I haven't had them as an adult, and so I was going to do mushrooms on the pod. Um, but Tom and I were going to do cocaine on uh, on uh, on two bears, and just both. I've done it. He's we both done it, but we haven't done it in a long time. Uh-huh. And just walk everyone through how much fun it is. It would be amazing to watch your two favorite comics do cocaine together and be like. Man, this is fucking awesome. That is pretty cool, man. Just taking an element of something that you've seen and you go, how can I apply what I do to this? Yeah. Or how do I get involved with that? Yeah. How do I get involved with that? Like, I would, I would, I would guarantee that if you decided to, if you did a video, a a video, like Uh a, like a vlog of something, you go, hey, you know, I'm just going off the algorithm on my phone and I love skateboarding videos, but I don't know how to skateboard. So today I'm going to the shop, I'm buying all the gear and I'm going to learn how to skateboard. hard cut to me in traction yeah (laughs) you know i tried yeah but your brain your brain once you start moving forward you'll gain speed yeah your brain your brain if you do the video it's gonna end up being you're gonna find it hilarious i'm sure you know this with like if you ever get hired to do a show and they're like and they'll go hey we have some restrictions that's almost makes it more fun Mm. and you're like oh please give me restrictions because i have more fun trying to find the loophole or find the workaround, then I do. If you said don't, you don't have to worry about anything. I'd be like, well, fuck. I don't know. I want kind of parameters. Yeah, makes it exciting. It's that new thing again. But like, but like, if if I think that would be cool to watch you, even if you just even watch you learn how to skate, because falling is half of it. Yeah, and all you need to do is land the trick. Maybe have Norman teach me. I didn't know how good he is. He's at really it's good. Insane. He got the shout out from Tony Hawk. I'm like, what? That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, who's the who's the best uh, skating comedian? But his head's head is very tiny. Yeah. He has a very tiny head. And that's good for skating. Next time you're around Mark, just go. <laughs> I've never noticed that. It's so small. <laughs> he has the smallest head. It is like, I swear to God, it's not. It's a Red Bull it's, can? It's like from front to back, it's this big. He has the tiniest head. He can't wear hats. They don't make hats small enough. No. No, he has baby hats. They have, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I believed you for a second. Um, no, he uh no, he's an amazing skater. Yeah. But but that do you remember do you remember the okay, perfect example. Do you remember the video of Jeremiah breaking his wrist, skateboarding? Oh yeah. That was fucking awesome yeah, content. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. So even when it goes wrong, it's good. It's still upside. Yeah. But if you but I, that's the way I look at things is I try to find the things I like and then go that direction. Move mm-hmm. towards that and then just keep keep making shit. But even just the method in which you're reaching the people is is game changing and inspiring and just this new shift and you're kind of, you're new to it as well. Just all right, YouTube, Instagram, because the traditional Hollywood thing wasn't there for mm-hmm. for me or some other guys who are breaking now because YouTube exists and it's exciting that technology has gotten to a point where you can just let the people decide. Yeah. And then and then shit starts rolling for you. Like I'm noticing it now. Like the special's doing well. The clips are doing well. Just, you posted just, a clip last night. Yeah. Like yeah. I try to post three stand-ups, three stand-up clips a week, and just the response has been great, and I'm growing that way. And now Hollywood takes notice. You've got to do your own thing before. Like Hollywood, at this point, they're good for scaling. They're not great for breaking anymore, no. especially in the stand-up space that we're in. Back in the day, that was all there was. So they would be like, all right, you're, this is the guy, this is the girl, this is the guy, blah, blah, blah. And you were beholden to that model. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember when I got here, it was, uh, you. I mean, if you got into 10 top comics to watch, mm-hmm. it was a game changer. I, got- I got that. And still, like, nothing was, <laughs> it was frustrating <laughs> yeah. because I was on this elbow of Hollywood and shit <clears throat> where, like, all right, I got I did the new phases back in the day, 2010. I got the variety top 10. Uh, I've had peers and stuff. Like, once you get that, things start 
and it just wasn't happening. Yeah, like, that's well, that's when it stopped happening. Yeah. When I when I was started, I started in ninety seven. No, I started in ninety seven is when I got out of college. I started in like ninety nine. And if you got new faces, you got a quarter of a million dollars. Like everyone walked away with deals. Jeez. I remember that. I remember I never did new faces at Montreal. I've never I've never done anything at Montreal. Everything I've ever done has been like uh uh, you're doing the storytelling show, Ari's storytelling show, or the Boom Boom Room. I've never done anything of note yeah. at, at Montreal. But that's more staying, you know? Bobby talks about that, too. He's like, I never did Montreal. But, like, that shit, like, long Bobby term. Bobby Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't matter. <clears throat> I would rather have what you have than just the the five minute new faces and hopefully you do, you strike it right at the right what do you time. Want, what do you want to do? Like, what, like, like, my wife is a very big proponent of put it in the universe mm. so like what what do you what's your dream like i'll tell you my i'll do my dream please my dream is i want to i want to make movies i want to make movies i really enjoy making the machine i would like to make movies uh once every 18 months and i want to keep touring i would i wouldn't mind doing a sitcom maybe single camera but i would like to do but i want to keep doing the podcast i want to keep doing something's burning i want to keep doing the shit i do I find that if I make something, I enjoy making something. Yeah. So but movies is like, I had a lot of fun doing movies. I wouldn't mind doing more movies. What, what do you want to do? Like dream scenario. Yeah. You can say it. Say it to the universe and it'll happen. I'm. It's pretty bare bones. It's not crazy. Just I want to keep ascending as a stand-up and be known as like a great stand-up. Yeah. And people come out to shows and just that is my North star. I always have that. And I'll, I don't think I'll ever stop doing standup. I just love it so much. So that just to be a little high profile, higher profile standup, a sketch show. Like I fucking love sketch. Yeah. That's all I care about, man. Honestly, I've told managers and shit in the past. And like, I'd be like, all I really care about is standup and sketch. Everything else is icing. Why don't you make your own sketch show? Uh, we got to do it for comedy central. No, 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 face. no, no. You just do your own. Yeah, I guess. Shane Gillis. Shane, that's true. Have and you it's watched so, It's so good. Have you seen? It's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. And by the way, he's taking a forward business approach to doing that. The way he's brain war is doing it. I'm, I'm not going to give away Shane's business yeah. model, but he's, you should make, Fahim, you are one of the funniest dudes. Everyone collectively says, without a doubt, you're one of the funniest dudes in and out of that store every fucking night. I love the way your brain works. I mean, I do. You should just start doing your own sketch show. Just start doing it. How much does it cost? How much do you yeah, think not, it costs? Not that much, man. Especially with some of the ideas that aren't super highly produced. Like you can get away with it. <clears throat> um, maybe that is it. Just fucking like fuck Hollywood and do. Just do it. Do just it do it own. because that, uh, you can't wait for fucking. You can't wait for Hollywood to. By the way, I don't even know if they exist. I, I know, dude. Uh, yeah. There's not. I don't think. I don't think. I mean, getting on SNL would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I have yes and no. I have a friend who's on there, and I've had multiple friends. I've like, you do it for a while, your peers will kind of get plucked in there on the show. And SNL, when you're in your early 20s and when you're young, it's a different thing than when you're later in life and yeah. more established as a comedian. <clears throat> you're like, oh, that sounds. It's a it's a dream, you know, for a lot of people. But then also the inner workings of it. It's so political. And oh, well, I, I get my sketch on. I go, oh, that sounds like a terrible way to work. I would I would do I wouldn't have done SNL when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I would do it now. I That's take, weird because most, most people are different. Like, I do a pay cut. I do a pay cut and do it now. It's just to, to the experience, of course. You should host it. Like no, no, I don't want to host it. You I want to. I want to be, be. I want to just be a player and and be like a featured entertainer. I have enough money. I don't need the money for it. 
but just to have the experience, I, I think, I know everyone says, I think at this point in my career, I, would ne- I wouldn't get caught up in the negative politics because yeah. I'm already famous. So I, I would really enjoy the process of creating and having fun and giggling. I mean, they're, they're the most talented comedians in the world, yeah. writers, and I mean, it's SNL when it hits. It's pretty I mean, great. Dude, 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 fucking, what's her name? Kier, Kristen Wiig? Chris, oh, Kirsten yeah, Wig. amazing. She is fucking genius. What's the lady that just left? The lady that just left, she's really fucking talented. Um, All the women, the, by yeah, the way, yeah, the women are the fucking funniest on that goddamn show. And the women on that show have consistently made me cry laughing. Yeah, I'm, I'll tell you right now. When Isla goes to college, uh, this is my offer. I'm saying right now, when Isla goes to college in two years, uh, I, I, I would I would like to audition for SNL, Lauren. Uh, I'll get my three minutes of characters. Uh, here's, the, here's the other thing. You don't have to pay me. Oh, my God. I don't need the money. Pro bono. Yeah. You don't have to pay me. I will help promote the fuck out of the show. Uh, I will be a featured player, whatever it is. I'll work my way up. I want to earn it. I don't want it given. I want it, I want it just like... Just like when Punky got her, you know, what yeah. she starts as a feature or whatever, I'll start off slow and I'll earn it because it would be fun as fucking shit. But see, you, uh-huh. if I were you, I would just start making your sketches. Just make your sketches. Hit up. Think about think about it the way you do a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It's super easy to do. You write 10 sketches. You reach out to 10 comics that you know, Bobby Lee, me, People that could help get eyes on it, and you put them on your YouTube page, and you and you fucking start growing that channel. I'm telling you, Gillian Keeves is it's great. Is uh, is was I think was the game changer for Shane Gillis. I really think was the game changer. And the type of sketches he's able to do on that, yeah, is just sort of light years beyond what an SNL is able to do. Just with, because it's on network TV and some of the corporate restraints and stuff, and like political affiliations as well whereas it's a little more it's almost a blessing in disguise that all that shit happened yeah oh, i mean because like, so. like like uh what is it sibian dad or whatever like only fans dad that can't exist yeah on snl dude i i'm telling you right now the way to approach it is no rules you just making your own fucking shit and putting it out because you know for a fact you know for a fact if you find it funny, we will find it funny. Mm-hmm. If it makes you giggle, yeah. it'll make all of us giggle. And and you, how many people do you have in your corner that want, that want you to blow up? Rogan, yeah. you have Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you're? Look at Kyle Dunnigan, right? I love Dunnigan, man. Dude, love, he's oh the fucking God, so best. Fucking funny. And and I'll tell you right now, that is, in my opinion, that is homegrown. That is a bunch of people who love Kyle Dunnigan, saw Kyle Dunnigan doing his own thing. And then just started sharing it with each other, mm-hmm. and then and then all just started posting like this is fucking hilarious. That's the beauty of the, the way the business runs now because it didn't back when I got here. It didn't run that yeah. way. But you, dude, anything that will make you giggle will make all of us giggle. We'll all share, and it's you're, you'll go viral tomorrow. Yeah, it's you got to do your own fucking. And I'm noticing it even just with stand up. Like it's already happening with the stand up. So why not just lend that model to sketches? Yeah, yeah. It's I mean. I tell you right now, I, I, I think you, I, you're definitely have the like the silly brain that uh-huh. that I think a lot of people share. Not all comics have it, right? But you have the silly brain, and that is a sketch brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should do your own sketch. Yeah, show. you're right. Man. You should. All right. Yeah. All right. Everyone, everyone, uh, uh, do me a favor. What's your Instagram? Fahim Anwar at Fahim Anwar at Fahim Anwar. 
I just Every, broke a hundred, man. A hundred thousand? Just I had one clip kind of pop off from oh. the from the special. Yeah. And it it got like I got like thirty thousand or something in a week. Or it's bizarre because I was plateauing for so long, and then you never know what the thing is that'll take off. So yeah. that's kind of exciting and just a, a reinforcement that uh, if you just put the shit out there, things kind of even out. Is it Roe versus Wade? No, it's uh, it's the men versus women on dates or something. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, that one's like almost at 10 mil, which is insane. I've never had a video do that well. Holy shit. Well, that's a lot of fucking views. But it's, it's, it's bizarre, though. Like, okay, I did the hour special, right, at the comedy store. Yeah. And you're talking about how it's not nicely shot with the intro, and it's this long-form thing, and I'm proud of it and all that shit. But Hassan Minaj liked it. Yeah, he's, I think he's, I said, my, he's my boyfriend back in the day from uh, Goatface. And so, but this clip is doing more for me than, but it's a, just a piece from the special. So it's the yeah. way people consume things. People don't have time for an hour long thing, but they'll catch the clips. Yeah. And maybe they'll go check out the special because they saw the clip. And then I think that Instagram makes it easy to share them too. Totally. And tag your friend. And then all of a sudden, and that helps spread word of mouth. Everyone has a minute. Everyone has a minute in their day. So do, that's a cool way to reach people. Do a minute sketch. <laughs> kind of. Do a yeah. minute sketch. Well, that's the way it is. Reels. Like, they're only pushing reels. So anything yeah. longer on Instagram isn't going to do anything. The, I'm telling you right now, the whole, f everything we shot, we did, uh, we did fully loaded and we have, I have, uh, I would argue, a plethora of six figure worth of equipment, like tons of equipment that we have. We shot everything on our fucking phones. <laughs> We did because it was like it was a fuck it it's here yeah and it's it's got to be vertical anyway. I mean, I shot my promo video for Omaha, uh, the I don't know if you saw the synchronized swimming one. We shot it in uh in the pool on a cell phone. That's awesome. Yeah, sold out two shows in an hour on just this is the production value. I think people like that too because they'll see something cool and they go, oh, I have the tools to make that. Well, yeah, oh, you do. I mean, look at can I tell you uh. Um, I ran into him last night at the store. I'm I'm, I'm uh, blanking on his name right now. I just had him on the podcast. Uh, this is shot this on a phone. That Look, looks great, it, dude. Looks great, right? Did you do like cinema mode or just regular? I think we probably did cinema mode because it looks blurred out in the background. But I, I oh paid, shit, I haven't yeah, seen this one. I paid uh, a very modest price for four synchronized swimmers. <laughs> they stayed for like two hours. <laughs> yeah. We did a bunch of different moves. How do you even get synchronized swimmers? Like, how does one reach out? Is there an agency? Yeah, they, these are, these are they're called the water lilies. Yeah, are let's they, blow them up, guys. Come hey, on, let's Pete, get them some more synchronized swimming work. What's the name of our synchronized swimmers? I need actually a team, so this is good. The tiger lilies, aqua lilies. They're the aqua lilies. So we uh, we got the hired the aqua lilies. You can hire the aqua lilies. To come to your house what and if do I synchronized knew them? swimming. I'm like, oh, they're good. You, you should. <laughs> Shit, by the way, uh, you sh but, but the, the, uh, like, it's uh, like, so all my promos that I've ever done. Your got, promos are great, dude. I got a marching band for 1200 bucks. I got a marching band for 1200 bucks. I got a fucking, I did dance lessons, cost me 1200 bucks. That's one of my favorite ones. The one, I love when you and Tom kind of went back and forth on the dancing shit, because, yeah. like, that's my jam. I yeah. love that. So when you were in the dance studio with that stylized video, it just was right up my alley. I, was, well, I, I, was, I fucking love this. So, you know, this is, goes back to the the way my brain works. My daughters and I were obsessed with dancers. We were obsessed with like, there's one girl, Long. What's her name? Let me I'll find her. She is fucking badass. We started sharing dance videos. Me and my daughters on Instagram. Like, did you see this girl's dance? Uh, I think it's Samantha Long. You know what's crazy is that because of TikTok and shit, 
dancers actually have a career now, like maybe a viable revenue stream. Imagine being a dancer in the 90s or the early 2000s. You were just kind of fucked. You had to be in a step-up movie or maybe you breakdance in a in the cinnamon toast crunch commercial like yeah. once every dude, six yeah. years dude type in samantha long is her name she's on is this what's this look at this this girl is watch her dance my daughters and i were just sharing this and i was like and i literally was like i pitched it to rogan and tom and ari i said for sober october we should do each learn a hip-hop dance move and we'll work on it all month and then we'll each perform it at the end of sober october and the best hip-hop dancer wins sober october and this this girl's awesome. D Glazer is the other girl, but she's she always dances in high heels. This Samantha Long, and she's fucking awesome. There's, I'll tell you the one video that really got me was uh, there's a Missy Elliott. Uh, what's the name of the song? I want to I want to share this with you. No, no, this there's a Missy Elliott. Hold on, in my library. Uh, it's type in past past that Dutch uh, dance video, little girl. But it's crazy that people are millionaires off of dancing on TikTok now at 15 seconds at a time. That just wasn't a thing back in yeah, the day. Yeah, it wasn't. Type uh, there's a little girl does d- dances to this. Uh, just hit that hit jo- JoJo Gomez. See what it is. And this fucking here, play the audio. This isn't it. I don't think Jojo Gomez is just like fuck. But the, <laughs> right, but, right now. But I was obsessed with these dance videos. I was obsessed, and so I said, "Oh, I'll just do my own dance video." Meaning, like that's I found this shit. Should I liked? Yeah. And I went, "I'll just do it," and then I'll just put it for a thing, and then and then one, as far as uh, this, I mean, this these dancers, these dancers are awesome. There's so much fun. Me and my daughter went to this dance studio, one of these dance studios. Which one? There's one that I've rented in Hollywood a couple times because we've had to use it for multiple sketches. Like uh, the sketch group I'm in, like, or, you know, it's been a while since we've done stuff, but Goatface, Hudson's in it, Aristotle was on SNL, Asif Ali. Uh, We did the music video for Girl when Das Racist was together. So they had that. I I was friends with Heems on Twitter. And I'm like, yo, I would love to just like, because I had this dream of being a backup dancer yeah. as a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I just wanted to be a backup dancer because yeah. I thought it was so funny. Yeah. Like, it's almost like an Andy Kaufman just kind of yeah. And I love dancing and shit. I go, that would be so cool just to be a backup dancer for uh, a leg of a tour or something. Or or even just a music video for a split second. Yeah. It just makes me laugh. I go, I would love to dance in one of your videos for a split second if that's cool. And he goes, why don't you do the entire music video for Girl? And I'm like, holy shit. Because, like, we were big fans of Das Racist. And I go back to the sketch group and I go, yo, Heems is letting us do the entire music video for Girl. So so, so then we start doing, uh, I'm actually Lance in that music video. So, Is this it? Yeah. So then can we you re- play the music? I know that you kind of have to take it down, but can you just play it? We won't talk and then you can edit it out. So there's this dance studio. There's dance studio footage interspliced with the entire thing. We're all babies. Um, God, you guys are all babies. Yeah. So I've always used this dance studio since this production. It's so cheap too. It's like 30 bucks an hour or 40 bucks an hour. (laughs) Haley Marie Norman, very funny, great actress. 
I saw this. This is in Koreatown. We used to live right by there. You really are a great dancer. I'm good for a comedian. This is the you're UCLA really, library. You're a great dancer. I mean, you can't teach these moves, baby. This is just no. God. That's that's instinctual. <laughs> By the way, and then Aristotle directed this as well. Really? He's such a talented guy, man. Just directing, acting, writing, just yeah. What was Goatface on? Uh, we were just doing it on YouTube for like the first two years, and then everyone got busy because like Hollywood didn't see it. And yeah. then Hassan gets Daily Show, and then I, sa I said his name wrong, and I knew, and I well, I said, but no, but I, I even when I said I said I think I said his name wrong because I did say his name. I wrong, say it I, wrong sometimes too because yeah. like for the longest time he'd be cool with people saying Hassan. Yeah, because it's like that ethnic name thing. When I'm at Starbucks, my name's Frank because I don't. I don't want to dig into the nuance of Fahim with every barista when I want an Americano. You know, Isla, Isla, my daughter Isla does the same thing. Yeah, she gives him a fake name. I go, why? And she goes, they were gonna ask how to spell Isla, and I was like, just say your fucking name. She's like, it's Isla, and they, she goes, how do you spell that? And she goes, I L A, and they go, that's Illa, and she goes, I know. And yeah. I was like, yeah, just, and she goes, Courtney. It's easy for you to say it's Bert. You know, there's no confusion with that. So you know, everyone was saying Hassan for the longest time, and then I think something happens, and a lot of ethnic comedians careers where they get big enough and they go no i want my name to be said well, and you know what's funny is that it there becomes there is a a silent backlash of people going oh really oh you know like and, and you're like what the fuck man he's telling you how to say his name happened to another person mm -hmm. it's happened a few times of people going actually everyone's saying my name wrong and you're like and people are like come on man yeah but, but I, i'm super sensitive to it i'm super sensitive to it because i had bad teeth growing up so like I, I've, I have empathy. We were talking about this the other day. If you if you have bad teeth growing up, you're very you're pretty empathetic to everyone's situation. I think because uh -huh. it's it your teeth your teeth fucks your ego up. I, I it's and I don't think it's fat people that are always fat. I don't think they get it. Bad teeth is a weird thing. Well, because it's hard to hide. <clears throat> hard to hide. You can't it's put so, a hat yeah. on a mouth. So you yeah and yeah. And you're always <laughs> do shit that I tried. No, that, if I was a dentist, that would be my fucking billboard. You can't put a hat on a mouth. Fee-man or DDS? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guy with a hat on his mouth and with an X through it? Yeah. It doesn't but it's, work. It's, dude, masks were like... Bro, game changer. I mean, I remember I saw a dude the other day walking down the street with um, really messed up teeth. Like, like I, it looks like they were like... Just, they, someone put them in his mouth when they were drunk and then <laughs> left them there. And he... And I was like, I bet he's loving this spike in COVID cases. Yo. He's like, mask back on. He's bitches. telling people like, it's not over yet. We should all be messed up. <laughs> but I remember when Hassan yeah. said his name was saying wrong, and I was like, and I because I'm I was a big fan of his Netflix show. Oh yeah, Patriot Act. I was such a fucking. Fan his of new special is gonna drop pretty soon. Uh, it's it cool. I did a few dates with him in Texas, and it's fun to see the new hour. And... I get fascinated by guys like him who take real chances in wardrobe. Bro, yeah, man. I'm just envious of people who have fashion sense. I've, I've, I can make a decision. I don't know. It looks so... I see him dressed and I go, yes. Yeah. That's what that is. That's how you do it. Pull up a picture of... I'm I'm fascinated by his... Do you have a heart out? Of no, no, you no. To get out here? He's in GQ and shit. I just try to get a t-shirt that fits. Did you always say his name right? No, I was saying Hassan for a long time. Yeah, and he never then, corrected you? No, I think he allowed it for a long yeah, time. And then you become good enough friends and he's like, hey, it's like Hassan. Yeah. And I, I have to remind myself because I have to deprogram deprogram myself, you know? 
I uh, <clears throat> I have a hard time with um, people call me Brett. My the guy that cleans our house calls me Brett. I've never corrected him. I've never corrected him. That dude, when I was living in Long Beach, so I got that job at Boeing, and I'm living in Long Beach, and there was this Greek restaurant that I would walk to called like Cafe Neo, and I I love that place. Well, I didn't know I loved it yet, so I walk there. And they go, what's your name? And I go, Frank, like I always do. Yeah. I get my meal. I go home. I go, this is amazing. And I start going there all the time. And I develop this camaraderie with the owner. He's like, Frank. He's like learning about my life and everything. I'm I'm like two years in to being Frank. Frank, I saw you on TV. You're playing that character. <laughs> but not yet. Fahim. I hadn't broken yet. So I'm just still a guy. But I just felt guilty that uh, everything about our relationship was very honest. Yeah. Except my name is Frank. And I just... It, it made my skin crawl that there was this, and I go, do I tell him? Do I not? It's been so long. Yeah. Like the time to tell him has passed. And then one day I did come clean. I was just like, uh, hey, just like, you know, my name's not Frank. It's That's... Fahim. Just one, like, I didn't think I'd be coming back so often. <laughs> and I just, what did he say? he's like, okay. Like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> like I made it to be this big thing. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, thank that, you. That would be great in a sitcom. But you do it with Starbucks and you just go Frank and then I'm crying. And then and you start dating the chick and she's calling you Frank during sex. And you're yeah. like, I, and then then like a month and you've got to hide it. Oh, Frank. Oh. And she loves it. She's like, um, I just love the name Frank. I've never been with a Frank. There was a girl, there was a girl in college. So my bet one of my best friends in college is a guy named Obi. It's not his name anymore. So I'm comfortable saying it. His, he changed his name. I was always fascinated by guys who could change their name. Yeah. His name's, I won't say his name, but his name was Obi because he's an actor. He's like. That's a good name though. Uh, he didn't like it. But it's funny. But he as gave, an actor? He that's gave it great... He gave it to himself freshman year. Obi, he gave himself. His name's Scott. Ah, okay. And he gave it to himself and uh, he said, uh, I don't even know his name anymore, to be done honest with mm. you. He's changed it a couple times. So I don't really know his name anymore, but I call him Obi because that's my name for him right um he changed, freshman year of high school he goes uh just so you know they're calling me obi and we're like okay obi and then we we started making fun of it so much that it became his our name for him we're like hey obi and then we're like oh obi uh, obi it's crazy i say it uh, yeah so i don't know oh so obi was a, a kappa alpha uh -huh. at florida state i was an ato there was a bert that was a kappa alpha and so we were two Berts, and this girl was in my English class, and she said, uh, she, and I knew her, and we would talk, and she was like, um, so are you uh, are you going to see Obi tonight? And I was like, yeah, because I grew up with Obi in Tampa, but we went to Florida State together. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know if I'm going to come. And I was like, for what? She goes, the social. And I realized she thinks I'm the K.A. Bert. And this whole time, she's believed I'm the K.A. Bert, not the A.T.O. Bert. But I don't – it's too much business yeah. to deal with because I'm like, she's been talking to me. We've been friends, and now I'm going to embarrass her. Mm -hmm. So I let it go. And and I go a whole semester with her believing I'm this <laughs> other guy. And at the end of the, the semester, I run into the other Bert, and I go – I go, he goes, I said, do you know that there's a Pi-Fi who, who knows you? I've wondered if this has happened to you. She knows you, but she thinks you're the ATO, she thinks you're me and I'm you. And he goes, yeah, I know her. I said, you do? And he goes, yeah, I'm having sex with her. I said, I thought you had a girlfriend. He goes, no, no, no. 
you have a girlfriend. I go, hold on. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been having sex with her as the ATO Bert. So I was like, you just use my name and start. Ha- I go, I have a girlfriend. And he goes, I know you better watch out, man. I was like, hold on. I was like, you fucked her and told her you were me. And he goes, well, yeah, she, she was like, you know, she asked if I had a girlfriend. And I was like, I don't know if you had one, but I was like, I'm not going to cheat on my girlfriend. So you cheated on your girlfriend. I was like, motherfucker. Yeah. It's almost the most perfect plan. Like it's brilliant. It's foolproof. I have a couple of those. There's a couple things that happen that when you're a young comic and you can't, you don't know how to explain the thin nuance of it, but that, now you just have a good story. I had this one guy one time I was just moved to New, uh, New York and he called up. I won't, I won't, I won't say his name and blow up his spot, Yeah, but he goes, uh, he's like, Hey Bert, how you doing? I was like, pretty good. I haven't talked to this guy in fucking months. I've been in New York now seven months. Out of the blue, he just calls me up. I know it because of the, the name of the the place he worked. Uh-huh. I knew he worked there because we got furniture from where he worked. Uh-huh. So when I saw Tallahassee Furniture, whatever it's called, I went, motherfucker, is this him? I was like, hello. And he's like, hey Bert, what you doing? I said, nothing. He's like, all right. How's New York? I said, good. I said, how you doing? He goes, good. Hey man, you know that tri-del uh girl dot 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 kind of blonde hair big tits i said yeah and he goes man last night i roll out of cans she comes up to me and she says you know just so you know i've always wanted to fuck you but you have a girlfriend i told her bitch i party we go to my truck i fuck her in my truck i drive her home i fuck her at my house wake up the next morning this day i fucked her this morning and i was like wait aren't you engaged and he goes yeah I said, why are you telling me this? He goes, man, Tallahassee's too small of a town. I tell someone around here, that's getting back to my fiance. <laughs> you don't hang out with nobody in Tallahassee anymore, do, I? do you? And I said, nope. He goes, that's why I told you. Have a good day, man. I had to tell somebody. Hangs up. I went, mother, he, had, he needed to tell someone he fucked this chick. And he just called someone he knew that wasn't around all the people and called me and told me because he thought I wouldn't tell anyone. I've told that story to everybody. <laughs> I've told that story to fucking everybody. It was the great. It's like it's like those moments where you see something happen in the wild that no one else sees. You know, like like I remember one time we were having coffee and I was watching a fly land on the nose of a lizard and then jump off and land on the nose of a lizard and jump off and land on the and I'm having coffee outside my buddy Alan's house and I'm having a cigarette. I think I smoke cigarettes and I'm having a cigarette. I'm watching this and I go to Ob- I'm with Obi and I and I lean over to Obi and I go. I want to say, hey, man, are you watching this? Yeah. And as I say something, the lizard eats the fly, and the thing's over. And I went, and he goes, what? And I went, never mind. Oh my and I just God. had that moment by myself that just I- Just for you. Just for me. We are a good one. Yeah. This is the best one. This is the best one ever. This is the best one ever. I've told this before. You know, I know you've heard this, Halston. <laughs> me, Bobby Kelly, Vincent Nastry, and Matt Frost- do a road trip uh, in a Winnebago. Matt Frost is the agent over at CAA. Yeah, yeah. Vincent Nastry is a big manager. He manages a bunch of, I think, TikTokers and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, Bobby Kelly. Right. So we get a in Winnebago. We drive around the, the Southwest. All, I've never been out in the Southwest. Utah, uh, all over uh, Arizona, New Mexico. It's a fucking great trip. On our way back, we're coming in. It's around 4th of July, I think. And we stop in Lake Havasu. We're at a hotel in Lake Havasu. There's a pool right here, like a pool here. And then there's a huge, like, nine-story hotel. And there's a bar down by the pool. But it's a nine-story hotel all with balconies. And we're all sitting there. We're having a drink. Uh, Matt's like, what does everyone want? We all put our orders in. We come back. We take our first – we grab our drinks. And I look up, and I see a girl, a woman, a woman, 
uh, probably older than me at the time. I'd probably say 35 mm. in a red sundress, just a red, like almost like a silk dress standing by herself on the balcony. And I look up and we make eye contact and she goes, and I'm like, huh? She lifts up her dress and shows a naked body, lowers it and goes, and walks inside. And I went, did anyone see that? And they're like, what? And I went, nothing, nothing. I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, this, and then no one believed me. I was like, this woman was just up on the thing. She's in a red dress. And she went, shh. And then, and then I was like, and then she came back out with her boyfriend. And I was like, don't look up. Don't look up. She's up there. Don't look up. Don't look up. And they're like, well, I gotta look. I was like, no, it's a secret. She told me to keep it a secret. It was the craziest fucking, let's go back to Hoss. <laughs> it's almost like she is making people schizophrenic or something. Just like, you get, you get a, I swear, yeah. I saw it. I would, if I got, what's up, babe? All right, I gotta. I get it. I gotta end this podcast. Yeah, I let's go. No, no, no. I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been a great. We've done two hours, right? This has been a great podcast. You can come back anytime. By the way, can I ask you what do you think about the table? We changed the table. I like it. I like it. I think it's it's a little more. I'm a little more. I might talk too much, but I'm a little more engaging. I don't. I don't know what it was like before. I know the other place that we handed up, but uh, I don't know. Feel it out. From my vantage point, it was good. I the new it. special is Hat Trick. Hat Trick. Uh, it's, it's on, on my YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. So if you go to just type in Hat Trick for He-Man or, or Hat Trick Comedy Store, it'll come up. Follow him on follow him on um, Instagram. IG, yeah, TikTok. Follow him on Instagram. Let's blow oh, up his shit. Instagram. And, and the next post he thinks, he posts, uh, all you need to comment is, where are my one-minute sketches? I want one-minute sketches. Man, keep me honest. All right. I appreciate this, man. Yeah. You're the best, man. Thank You're the you fucking so hilarious. Without any... Questions asked. You're everyone's favorite comic. So nice. You're man. fucking awesome, Thank you, dude. dude. Thank yeah. you for doing this. I love you, dude. Love you too. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by the machine.